Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! Don't you open your mouth about the best. Or you're going to send it for you real quick. L-O-B. Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron mindset when you stepped in the batter's box go yard i'm in i'm a pitcher why not stay as hard as i can i got nothing to lose it's nothing to bit man above don't put you in situations that you can't handle instead of saying why me they're saying this is what he want me to do and uh cleveland this is for you the way we approach the game the same way we approach life you do the right thing you make the right play you make the right play and in life it's the same thing what do you feel in your heart is the right thing to do? And you do that. You know, it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And um, uh, I think it's just that. Welcome to what? The game. Me. To me. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of What the Game Means to Me. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. Before the show starts, disclaimer, this was another live recorded show that me and Thad did, so please bear with us through any technical difficulties. It may also take a few listens to get through, as it is pretty long, but I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as we did recording it. What's going on? What's going on, people? Welcome back to another episode of What the Game Means to Me. Of course, I'm your host, Jelani Brown. Got my other host with me today, Thaddeus Bell. Uh, going to do our NFL wrap-up uh, wrap up show today. It's going to be real loaded. I'm really excited for it. Um, first, I want to ask you, of course, how you are, Thad. With, uh, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Long night. We were supposed to get the show done <laughs> last night, but had a long night. We're ready to get to it. Uh, long wrap-up to get to long season. A lot mm-hmm. of ball to talk to. Long last show about football for a little minute, so excited, ready to get to it. Definitely, definitely. Like I said, definitely gonna be a a loaded show today. And um, like I said, looking forward, looking forward to talking ball with you. First, though, before we even hit on anything, Valentine's Day tomorrow. I wanted to, you know, do a little off air talk. Just ask, you know, got anything special planned? Uh, what what you got going on? What you uh thinking about doing? Uh, no significant other to <laughs> that extent to where I'm spending money for Valentine's Day. Might have a little. <laughs> Might have a little piece come through later, but I know you you uh, have something different. Probably so. I'm thinking. Uh, well, she's in the room now, so I got to be quiet. But um, <laughs> already, uh, spry there a little yeah. bit of gifts. Maybe uh, we'll, say we'll, we'll we'll do a little bit of something tomorrow. So like I said, a little, little different, but you know, all in all, it's a day of love. We're gonna spread that joy. We're gonna spread that love. Um, but happy Valentine's Day for uh, everybody else watching. Um, happy early Valentine. Um, but of course, like I said, let's hop into this. To this ball talk, of course, um, unfortunately, at least unfortunately to me, I didn't really want them to win, but others uh, may be different. Buccaneers uh, took the uh, Super Bowl this year. Um, of course, coming up on top, 31-9 um, against the Chiefs. I guess just initial thoughts, initial reactions from watching the game. I know we talked off air, but um, like I said, just, I guess it's almost been a week. How do you feel, like, you know, what what's resonated with you? What um do you feel you know went right for the Bucks and wrong for the Chiefs? Uh, still in shock, still mad that I lost my money. 
Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. I know you betted on it. Yeah, had to. Um, just shocked on both sides. Disappointed in how the Chiefs didn't adjust. Uh, you thought you would think with the experience that Andy Reid had that they would have adjusted better and quicker. Uh, but by the Bucks, great game game plan by Todd Bowles and great execution by Brady and the rest of his folks. Not what anybody expected. I knew the key going in was going to be the O line and the D line, but I just that they would get dominated. Like Pat Mahomes was running for his life. You know, he had a rough day throwing two picks, going twenty six to forty nine, but. I have some like key key stats that are kind of crazy. Yeah, on fifty six dropbacks, he was blitzed six times, which is eleven percent of the times, mm-hmm. and he was pressured twenty nine times. And on twenty seven of those pressures, they only sent four. So usually he kills yep. people against the blitz for some reason, but they felt so comfortable with their front four that they only you know they got pressure with four all day, which is it's just crazy. If you can get pressure with four and yep. you drop your guys back, and they played them once, so they had the game plan. They played cover two. That everything you know get in front of them. They were successful. Just it was just shocking that Kansas City didn't run the ball. You know they came out in the third quarter and ran the ball effectively, and then they just went away from it. And Mahomes was running for his life all game. <laughs> he did what he could, but you just and these are two. These aren't your typical Russians. Like there, you know, some Russians. There's some Russians that aren't that fast. Mm-hmm. I can't really think of any. I, I'd say Demarcus where he was. He was old, like he was a Russian, but he wasn't the fastest guy. But Shaq Barrett and um, Pierre Paul, they're like speedy guys, so you just, you're not getting outside. They're contained. Exactly. It was just a rough going, disappointing game, a shocker uh, to many people. But Brady's the goat. He got his seventh ring, did it in his first season with a new team, with a lot of help. But still, he shocker. What are your thoughts about it? Yeah, um, same here. Like I said, I know we text and talked off air, but yeah, it was just overall shocking. You just kind of was waiting for the Chiefs to make that push, make that move. They've been in spots like that before, but you know, time and time again, they kept shooting themselves in the foot, especially in the first half. Um, in the second half, they weren't able to have any type of recovery. Like you said, it, the the stat line um, for pressure and you know everything that Mahomes was receiving was just crazy. Like I said, I. Forgot what uh, announcer said it at the end of the game, but he was like, they only blitz like maybe you just said four or five times, and to get pressure with your front four, and then basically have an extra DB in, have everybody drop back, um, and be in coverage and solid coverage with those uh, with the DBs that they do have. You know, it, it's going to be tough on anybody. Um, you know, especially in, in especially with your two you know two tackles out. But I don't know. The the more I guess it's been like I said a week. The more I start to realize, I watched um, Jeff. I don't know if he's watching, but uh, he did like an all 22. He was kind of going over, you know, what maybe changes that the Chiefs could have made or, you know, what may have been on Mahomes, what may have been on the offensive line, just things that could have been there. And it did change my mind a little bit. I was like, all right, there was a few times maybe sometimes the pocket was, you know, it was decently clean, but, you know, receivers weren't really getting open. They kind of was maybe running the wrong routes, wasn't getting the correct separation or wasn't, um, you know, breaking off their routes a little bit. They basically wasn't, you know, helping Mahomes at all. Um, and then other times, of course, it was the line. They pretty much, you know, like you say, pressure with four, let everybody kind of through. Mahomes had to run. What, what was the stat? He had he ran almost 500 yards. Yeah, total. 497 yards. Yeah, trying to get away from you know, the pressure. So it's, uh, you know, it, it was ridiculous that the, the things that he had to, you know, pretty much go through in, in in order to try to keep his team in some type of in the game at all but you know there was times obviously they got in the red zone what three times they come up with three or close to the red zone in the red zone maybe one time but basically got three field goals of that some of those you got to convert into touchdowns you just got to but like i said for me I, it was smart on the bucks end because you know 
we know the typically with the the Chiefs they look for the big play. Um, and regardless of how many yards they may have gotten in between, when they got between that, that 30, 20, those times that they did, they locked it down. They shut it down. Like I said, they sent that four. Um, they dropped everybody back in coverage because you still got to score. No matter how many yards you're getting in between, you know, the yeah. 20s, you still got to you still got to put you into the end zone. So to hold them to the three field goals on the Chiefs side, you got to convert one or two of those into touchdowns. That could swing the momentum. On the Bucks side, they, that's exact, that's you couldn't ask for anything more perfect. You know, to to get those field goals out of a uh, you know explosive offensive team like the Chiefs. So um, all in all, it just wasn't Super Bowl everybody was expecting. Not Super Bowl I was expecting. Definitely was hoping more for more so of a shootout. Um, but like you said, Tom and the guys, um, you know, he he pulled it off again. Like I said, just like it's new scenery, new coaching, new playbook. Um, you know, obviously great weapons to help him out. But you know, he, he did again. He showed, I guess, why he's the goat, why he's the greatest, and you know, it pulled off something that no team has done as of yet. So. Congrats to them. Hats off to them. But still was hoping for a better, a better showing. I know you're sad. You know, you lost your money. I lost a few bucks as well. But, you know, I guess just got to bite the bullet on this one and uh, hope next year next year is a little bit different. But I said we're going to we hit on – we kind of know what the Bucks did right and wrong. We'll hit on what they did, you know, right and kind of like what won them the game. But I guess, you know, you touched on a little bit. What, what do you think the Chiefs – you know, where did they go wrong? What should they have changed? Was it a scheming thing? Should – I know a lot of people said they should have, you know, obviously ran the ball more. Andy Reid even said it after in the game press. They should have ran the ball a little bit more. Um, what what do you think they could have done to, you know, change their outcome and maybe make this game a little bit closer? Um, the biggest thing was running the ball, changing, running the ball a little more because, of, like I said, they were effective coming on the uh, second half. But you know, I like them when they had them had Mahomes on some rollouts. You know, with mm-hmm. the running back sealing the edge, uh, just stuff to keep the to keep the Russians on their heels, you know, some screens here and there from under center. I know they don't do much under center, but some screens, some misdirection. But it was it was just tough, you know. Like they could have done stuff different, but once they got down by that large amount, you know, the ends kind of just put their heads down and rushed free because they knew they were exactly. gonna be very, very pass happy. That's the worst thing you can ask for against a team like that, especially with Vidove and, and Dominican Sue. Those are that's a that's a very good front for a very mm-hmm. under I wouldn't say underrated now, but very undervalued uh front four and they uh they wreaked havoc. There's a lot of things they could have did on defense, they were just lost. I don't think there was mm-hmm. any, you know. Uh the Buccaneers had a very, very balanced attack with Fournette. They were hitting everybody Gronk, Braid, A B, Godwin mm-hmm. a little bit, um, Mike Evans on play action. It was just a balanced attack. They were they were pretty lost out there, and I think the Chiefs know in games like this, Mahomes can't be Superman every time, and he can't bail them out every time. So they're going to mm-hmm. need more defense. But for the Chiefs, I really don't know on defense. You know, they they just look lost. They were out out game plan, outplayed, all that. Yeah. And on offense, it's just it'll come it'll come back to bite you when you have to go against a front four and a front seven like this, and then you've already played the team, so they they. They have a game plan for you, and they know what mm-hmm. went wrong the first time. And with all those offensive linemen out there, wasn't too much they could have. For me, they should have ran the ball more. Yeah, to keep it balanced, because they you knew they were pass happy. Yeah. When you're yeah. not expecting to run, you there's nothing you have to look for as a D, and you're just out uh, beating a uh, tackle to the edge. When you have those second string and third string guys, and they don't have many reps, it shows. And yeah, Momo's too big. And that same tackle, I can't remember his name, Mike Rimmers. He was the same tackle for the Panthers that played in uh, Wynn versus Von Miller when he had that career day and won oh, wow, wow. MVP. 
This wasn't good. Uh, they could have schemed better on offense, though, but I still feel like without those tackles in, the Chiefs mm-hmm. might have lost the game because I feel like – I'm not saying they found a blueprint. They know what to do. Yeah. The Bucs do. Exactly. I don't, and one thing I want to say before you take over, mm-hmm. I don't like everybody saying, you know, they found a blueprint to stopping the Chiefs. Stop that. <laughs> They're going 13-3 yeah. next year. Don't uh, – They'll figure it out. They'll figure something out, you know, next. they finally yeah, yeah. met their match. And that's a good thing, though, because they were for for the past year and a half, they were uh, these little 14 point and 21 point deficits were nothing. And they finally met their match. You know, it was meant to. Be. And if anybody I was saying this to one of my friends, like if it was anybody, Brady would be the one to like break this streak because he knows how to handle big leads. He knows what to do. He knows mm-hmm. what the Chiefs have done. Like he's going to control the clock. He's going to make he's going to make smart decisions. He's been there before. So. If anybody did it, I wasn't surprised. What are your thoughts on the game plan? Yeah, for me, uh, same thing, kind of like you were just saying. Um, The Chiefs probably should have ran a little bit more. Um, At first, I had talked about, like, kind of like right after the game, um, you know, with some of the guys in the Off the Ball Network, and it was basically saying, like, you know, I get, to me, it was a little misleading at first because, you know, uh, uh, Clyde Lair, he basically broke off one for almost like 30. And what he end up with, like, eight or nine or nine rushes for like 64. Yeah, so I was right. like, you know, eight rushes for 30 yards. That's still, I mean, you average that out. It's what? About you said eight for 30? Eight for, yeah. So like if, yeah, if you kind of take that one, yeah, that one long one out, it's like what, about four, four, somewhere between four or five yards a pop, which that's solid numbers. Like I said, when you, when you, you know, you do the math, like, yeah, they honestly should have probably ran a little bit more. Obviously they were down, you know, by so many scores. Um, you know, even in the third quarter, you know, or again, third quarter going to, throughout the third quarter to where I guess that changes the game plan a little bit. But you still, like you said, you got to keep the defense honest at some point, Um, you know, to to try to stack the box, to try to, you know, just switch it up. Because like you said, they re- they rushed four. They had three high safeties a lot of the times. Um, they just, you know, had, had an extra DB. They just had people in coverage because they know the Chiefs want, you know, that deep pass. They want to go for the long ball. They want that big that big play to pretty much break it all open and they shut all that down and to get that pressure with only four rushing, that's just, you know, icing on the cake. So you got to keep the defense honest at somehow, some way, whether, you know, it's going to take, take time off the clock or you don't, you know, get those four or five, six yards of pop. Like you just got to do something to switch it up and, you know, rushing for, it couldn't have been no more than what 12, 13 rushes as a whole, the entire game. You can't really let that happen, especially against, um, you know, I know, the game plan probably coming in wasn't to run because the Bucks defense, I think, maybe finished like first rush defense. They were in the, the top. Year. There for sure. Yeah, they were. They were. I know they were like, like three, five for a while. So I don't, I, they might have finished first. They might not have. But regardless, um, you know, obviously a, a good rush defensive team. Maybe that's so. Maybe that wasn't the plan coming in. But you know, as a coach, you know, being a head coach so long in the league, you know, being an officer guru and Andy Reid, you gotta recognize and see what they're doing defensively and switch it up. So I do agree with them running more for sure. Um also I mean, like you said, it, it might not have made much of a difference. I think eventually that pass rush was gonna, you know, whether they if it was a close game, whatever the case may be, that pass rush was gonna get to Mahomes. I don't know if you could have pulled off the you know the magic that he typically is able to do because you know those tackles were out we saw he was getting pressured and rushed all day I don't know if it would have made much of a difference especially the type of lead that they had um and just the just the confidence and everything that you know the Bucks was playing with um but you know I don't know like you just said I don't think it just would I just don't think it would have made much of a difference I think 
like you just said, it's not really them meeting their match. I think it was just, you know, I think we you said it, um, or someone said it, you know, it's not like the NBA. You got seven games to figure out your opponent. You got one game in, in football. So yeah, he's like, if it's just not your day, it's just not your day. You know, they were down Fisher. They were down, uh, I forgot the other tackle's name. Forks. Yep, for, yeah, so. And then the other guy, uh, their right guard, he was mm-hmm. – he was helping out with COVID. I forgot his name. It's hard to say. He has mm-hmm. yeah, like last names. But him and Demarcus Robinson, I think, were put on the COVID list. Man, uh, he was, but he was out the whole season. Oh, the guard, oh yeah, yeah, the one that um, yeah, I can't say it's like Tarioff. It's hard to say, but yeah, yeah he, he opted out, and that's three starters. Yeah, so say so it, it, it just wasn't their day. Um, like you said, next next year, I obviously think it would be different. They already opened up as the Super Bowl favorites. Um, yeah. So you say it's just like I said, it's not like them meeting their match. Like you said, it's a veteran quarterback, a veteran staff that knows what to do with leads and knows how to control the ball, knew it to knew how to game plan to against Patrick Mahomes. Um, and with you know the guys on the line that were missing, they knew what to do. And I think that just showed um and that's why they won 31 to 9, honestly. So it, it was a very you know, dominant I, performance, though. Yeah. And uh, like you just said, kind of a coming down to earth game, you know, maybe for Pat and the Chiefs, you know, they obviously like these last two years, their run was, you know, it's, it's been pretty incredible to see, you know, whether they've been down by 14 or was they down by Texans like 24 damn near. 24-0. Yeah. So, you know, it, it just shows like, you know, a team can be beat. But like you said, I don't think they found a blueprint. I just think they game planned and played the best possible game they could. And the Chiefs just didn't have their all in all, like I said, I think they'll be back. We may see a rematch, um, depending on who the Bucks are able to keep or not. And I know we'll hit on that in a second in the show. Um, but of course, before we move on to you know the whole NFL, just wrapping up the season in general, uh, giving out our game balls. So I'll let you go first, or game balls in our benchum segment. So I'll let you go first, Dad, on this. Todd Bowles. I know he gets most of the credit, but the guys out in the field did the work. But he put it, you know, he put out the game plan. He gave the, his guys a blueprint. Mm-hmm. Um, he got in the lab, you know, he was very uh, – he was criticized a lot for playing a lot of men in the first matchup, which got Carlton Davis destroyed pretty mm-hmm. much. And, uh, you know, he just got in the lab. He made the adjustments. He said, we're going to sit back. We're not even going to pressure him because Mahomes is very good against the blitz. We're going to sit back. We're going to trust our dominant front four. Uh, they, they can't run against us because they had a light box all game. Mm-hmm. And he sat in cover two, and he didn't really change because it was working. Uh he didn't get cute. He didn't try to get cute. He did send some corner blitzes and stuff, but yeah. for the most part, he stayed in his base defense and it worked. He just he put his guys in position to be successful and it ended up uh holding the Chiefs to nine points. No touchdowns. Like if you would have told me going into the game the Todd oh, Bowl yeah. defense would hold the Chiefs to nine points, no touchdowns, and they win by 20. Yeah. I, I no way. I think Mahomes in his career, he had never had a loss by more Double than a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, double digits. So tremendous effort. Uh, they struggled. He had to struggle for everything. Like you'd think at one point in the game that they'd break out and have that long TD driver, that big play. But there were no big plays. If anything, it was going to come because of missed tackles or you know mm-hmm. stuff like that. But uh, my game ball just goes to Todd Bowles for the job he did, setting his guys up for success, and they executed it to the fullest. Uh, this will go down as one of the best Super Bowl. I mean, defensive performances in Super Bowl history. I think. Because this is one of the most dominant offenses we've seen in I don't know how long. And they did a tremendous job. So, for that reason, the game ball goes to him. What about you? Yeah. Um, mine, I didn't want to give it to him. Of course, I, everybody, I don't really like Brady that, that much. But um, 
of course, I, I just had to give it to him, even though um, a lot of times he, he was working with short fields because the punter couldn't punt and, um, you know, Chiefs offense just couldn't, you know, make any type of move, push down the field. But he did what he was supposed to do. He found his, uh, you know, favorite target, his old pay, Pat's uh, buddy, Gronk, two times in the end zone. Um, it was, I forgot. Let me see. I, I mean, I forgot to look up the stats. But, you know, overall, I forgot. Uh, at a point, I know he was like, what, 16 for 20 with three TDs. Yeah, Brady was uh, 21 for 29 for like 201 and three touchdowns. Exactly, yeah. Not not super big number yard-wise, but again, when he got what the he ball had to do. and they got, yeah, he got the ball and they got where they were supposed to be, um, you know, on the offensive side, like I said, short fields, whatever the case may be, he led his team in the end zone um, versus, like I said, with the Chiefs. They they got close, but was never able to punch it in, and that was the, the difference in the game. They were able to – obviously, I think that the one – um, I don't think he threw for a touchdown, but obviously that, that one pass interference on Tyron Matthews um, to end, close to the end of the uh, first half definitely sure. hurt them, um, for the, hurt the Chiefs-wise, even though they was coming out with the ball um, to start the second half. But that pass interference definitely uh, definitely hurt them, and, you know, they was able to push into the end zone. But like I say, just a game controller, did what he was supposed to do, not big numbers, but, you know, led his team to victory. And sometimes it's not always about, you know, the numbers. It's just, you know, about leadership. Obviously, you know, having the guys that haven't been there keep their heads, keep their composure, do what they're supposed to do, stick to the game plan, and come out with the win. And like you just said, overall dominant performance, offense. Um, like I said they they looked in a way they looked unstoppable. Um, like I said, because the Chiefs really had no answer. Um, you know, there were a few bad calls, but a lot of them were, of course, on the Chiefs' end. It was their fault. Um, like I said the offsides on what Chris Jones, um, Tyron, even though it was an uncatchable ball, he still past 10 yards you can't put your hands on him um and yeah like i said brady brady just did what he's supposed to do led his team to victory got number seven um goat stats probably submitted and yep that's where my game ball is going to for uh for this one and of course you know we do our benchum segment um i'll let you of course take the reins on this one and go again first dad uh i know one or two of these guys in the picture obviously didn't get to play but you know i, I had to try to find the best picture i could <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of weird because your bench, um, I could kindly kind of blame him a little bit, but mm. I'm going to stick with the O-line. Uh, yeah. Just terrible effort overall. I know your coaches can scheme you to be in the best spots, you know, sliding you with the double teams and certain things. But every time I looked up, there was O-line chasing a guy that was chasing Mahomes. It, it was just embarrassing for the most part. I know they're upset. Like you said, most of the guy in this – most of the guys in this picture didn't play, but just embarrassing. Uh, your franchise guy, the best player in the league, you got to you gotta help him out a little more. He was running for his life all game, getting hit, getting sandwiched. Mm-hmm. I, I just felt bad for him, and he didn't do a good job. Shaq Barrett had his way. They even had – I was looking at some tape, and they had Vita Vey on the outside, so uh, pushing the edges so that Mahomes couldn't scramble out to the left. Mm-hmm. And it was just it was just bad. Everybody everybody had their way on the defensive side for the Buccaneers, and it was just embarrassing performance. I can't really go in depth about what particularly they did bad, but they just they just got beat. They didn't have yeah. a lot of heart. Uh, after a while, it's just like I said, it's about heart. You can't allow your man to beat you continuously throughout the game, and that's what happened. Exactly, um, just straight up off the lines. Yeah, I'm trying to. Like for real, I'm I'm trying to think how many times out of the dropbacks Mahomes had, how many times he like he was scrambling. Like yeah, like how but, much, how much like, yeah. time did he truly have? But like I said, I, 
like I said, shout out to Jeff again. Like he he was kind of just pointing out the fact that obviously with the like I said, we just talked about Brady's numbers weren't big, but that he took what they was giving them. Like they had a lot of under like dink and dunk passing under um underneath routes. He was hitting like little curls and all uh, this and that. Like they schemed Gronk open on on his two TDs. Just like certain stuff like that versus um and I guess that kind of rolls into my bench with with Andy Reid. Kind of just rolls into with Pat Mahomes, they didn't, they never did. I know that's not the type of ball they play, but you gotta eventually start to do that. Like I said, we already talked about they should have started running a little bit more, you know, regardless of how many scores you're down. You just gotta keep the defense honest. Um, if you and like I said, with the just the offensive play, offensive routes that they were running, like everything was just deep, deep, and it just took so long for everything to open up. Um, for the receivers, for Kelsey Hill and all those guys. Um, and having, I guess, the three high safeties and so many people, you know, back deep anyway, it's going to be hard to, you know, it's just going to basically be hard you know, to hit those deep routes. Um, and obviously with the line not holding up their guys, um, holding up their end of the bargain, Pat Mahomes having to rush around and try to, you know, scheme and find guys open, just a recipe for the disaster. So, you know, at some point you, you got to switch it up a little bit. Um, I know they have some something in their playbook to where they, you know, can start going short passing, short passing game, maybe some screens, like, just anything to like I said, to get the ball into their playmakers' hands, but not it be you know a deep shot or a deep ball, um, because like I said, that pretty much is all covered and it been covered throughout the entire game, and that's what the Bucks started out playing, and that's what they ended up playing. So that's why you know I gotta give my bench him, even though he's not a player. Andy Reid, um, like I said, just obviously guru that he is, it's just you have to do some, you have to change something within the flow of the game. You obviously see the deep ball is not working. The line is, you know, pieced together. Um, you don't have your starting tackles. Um, and like that already said, you don't have uh, the guard that opted out for the year. You got to give your, you know, Pat Mahomes some type of help with that front four. Honestly, that front seven um, with Baird and David and um, White that the Bucks have. So, you know, that's my venture for the week. Definitely just had to, you know, scheme a little bit better. Whether it was, you know, doing even – going throughout the first half with what they came into the game doing or wanting to do. And then second half, you know, seeing what had already progressed and just changing it up. Like I said, they came out second half. I think they ran the ball maybe two times in a row and then they kind of just didn't run the ball no more. So you just, you know, just gotta be a little bit better overall. Um, I think he knows it. Like I said, he already said that he should have ran a little bit more, but that's my bench for the week. Uh, Andy Reid. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> but uh, like I said, moving on, moving on from the Super Bowl, um, we'll hit on it a little bit later again, but, Definitely wanted to talk about the NFL season as a whole. Um, just, you know, thoughts on it in general. I know we talked about it a little bit on a different show that we're surprised that we even got to the end. We're surprised that we got two teams in general. There was a big scare with a bunch of teams like COVID, which is pretty much riddled throughout a lot of locker rooms this year. Um, but we did. We got through it. We made it. Um, so just thoughts on the NFL season as a whole. I know it's one that's definitely going to go down in the history books because it's one I don't think we'll ever see or have to partake in again, but, you know, who knows? But like I said, just your initial thoughts and uh, just reaction about the season as a whole. Then. Shout out um, to Roger Goodell for getting through the season. You know, we had a lot of postponements, but we didn't have any cancellations, so that's big. Uh, mm -hmm. Getting through the season when I didn't suspect, expect it to, um, without a bubble for, like, the NBA, I expected them to do it once I saw how well, halfway through the bubble, I saw how successful they were, it was. But mm -hmm. for the NFL, I didn't think that was going to be the case. And it ended up being the case. You know, mm -hmm. nobody, no no player that got COVID 
that had maybe any underlying health issues passed away. So, you know, that's a good thing too. Um, everything just went as planned. Now, I wouldn't say when it's planned, but I feel like, I don't know who Roger Goodell talks to, but I feel like even they had a little bit of doubt that, of you course, know, yeah. yeah, that they wouldn't be able to get through the season. But it happened. Hey, they did their job. So kudos to them. Just shout out. It was a good season, you know. Uh, some teams got hit harder with COVID than others, which was weird. But it is what it is. But, you know, I, I can't really say much. Shout out to them just for getting through the season and nobody really getting hurt. You know, nobody, nobody's significant other, no, no babies, nobody mm-hmm. else, you know, getting affected that we know of from mm-hmm. COVID. So that's the main thing, health. But um Season no postponements to the season. We didn't have to push the Super Bowl back. Any of that. Yeah, so, um, I'm. Uh, I'm but you just said as well. My fault. Yeah, real quick onto the season. Just uh, good season, competitive season. We had a new Super Bowl champ, which is good. We don't need too many repeats. <laughs> just a good season. A lot of new teams shining, which we're gonna get to later. But overall, exciting season, and I don't think we could ask for much more. Only, only thing we could ask for was a better Super Bowl. Yeah, I'd say I'd second that as well. But yeah, just to piggyback off of you, of course, um, glad, you know, no families were severely affected from what we know, you know, any deaths or anything like that. Um, You know, shout out to NFL Roger Goodell for somehow getting this done. Uh, I think we said on another show as well. It's uh, the first year in NFL history that a game was played on every single day of the year or every single day, sorry, of the week. Um. Typically, like I say we don't see that. Obviously, it's Thursday, Monday, Sunday. Um, but yeah, you know, it was one game played on each and every day of the week this year. Um, like I say they they did, I guess, a good job of scheduling, moving things around, getting games uh played when they when I guess they're supposed to. It was a few different hiccups, I will say. Um, I forgot which teams were involved. Um, I think they pushed back Pittsburgh's a few times because uh Ben wasn't gonna be able to play or something like that. And then uh they didn't do it for another team. I think like the Patriots or something, but basically, you know, there's a few hiccups, but all in all, they were able to get it done um, timely and effectively as best as possible, given the circumstances. Um, season wise though, I'm, I'm kind of happy this one's done and over with. Uh, not, wasn't really happy to see the Bucks win, but like you said, I guess it's, it's cool to see a, you know, another team win, win it, um, you know, a little bit of history be made uh, with them being the first team to, to play in their home stadium for a Super Bowl. But you know, my Falcons were pretty trash. They I feel like they could have or should have been in the playoffs somehow, some way, but they ruined their chances pretty much week two. Actually, before a snap, it was even a ball was even snapped because we brought back Dan Quinn for the year. But um, yeah, overall, like I said, different season, weird season, one I'm hoping we, we don't have to experience again, being inside the COVID, um, you know, schedule different schedules, everything being moved around, the uncertainty. Um different teams having you know key players opt out um all that all that good jazz so um all in all glad it was over glad we was able to even experience and see football though because i know obviously it might not should have probably shouldn't have been the, the first concern but i know obviously coming up on fall after covid hitting everything around february march the number one thing people was worried about especially after march Madness that got canceled was football in the fall we're going to be able to watch sports or we're going to be able to you know have a season we're going to be able to go to the games and stadiums you know and all that so overall shout out to everybody that was involved in the nfl for putting on a a tremendous season and being able to crown a champion in the end but definitely looking forward to 2021 and hopefully 
a more normal, we're getting back to a more normal um, way of life by then. So maybe get to go see some games. Like I said, everybody's team is fully healthy, back in full effect, and we're able to, you know, just go back and have a normal season. But yeah, again, just shout out to everybody involved. Um, Land the Bucks celebrate their championship as well, too. Um, but next thing I want to hit on, move on to is uh, the playoff teams that did make it. Um, and pretty much, you know, the next steps that they can take to either get back to the playoffs or be the Super Bowl, next Super Bowl champions. So I guess we can start off with the uh, the AFC first. Um, of course, we had Baltimore, um, the Bills, Kansas City, the Browns, Indianapolis, and the Titans uh, make the playoffs on that side of the conference or side of the NFL. Um, so that we'll start, uh, I guess we'll start with the Ravens. Um, you know, they've made it to the playoffs with last three seasons um but haven't have never been able to really take that next step um they did beat the titans this year um on the road um but you know was overmatched and overpowered uh when they faced um the bills, faced the bills yeah this year so oh, i also looked at the steelers they made the playoffs as well but um what do you think i guess they need to do in order to i guess take that next step and, and you know get over that hump um do you think it's a lamar thing do you think it's uh Teams have just figured him out, um, or what do you think they need to do and maybe get the get into the Super Bowl next? Year? Yeah, I'll keep this short because we have fourteen teams. But yeah, for me, the Ravens, I'm not even going to go Lamar or the scheme. I think they need to add another threat, a receiver. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say, yeah, another receiver, a wide receiver one, Hollywood. He my guy, uh, is speedster. He's a good receiver, but he's not a number one. Like a team can put just a regular corner on him. And, mm-hmm. On that corner's best day, they might be able to take him out of the game. So for me, it's getting Lamar another deep threat because uh, early in the season, you know, they were keen into the plays. Lamar and them said they were calling out the plays. So you need, and it's mainly, you know, run plays. So Mm -hmm. they need to be more versatile and have some more weapons. I know Willie Sneed's a nice guy. Mark Andrews is a good tight end, but you need to add, you need to add a guy, a dude, uh, just a dog out there. So for me, that's it because. In the secondary, they're pretty good after their little Earl Thomas little um, debacle. <laughs> they, they're pretty good in the secondary with Peters and Humphrey. I don't really know who they have in the secondary. I don't pay attention, but, you know, Patrick Green's an emerging linebacker, and they have Ngakwe, uh, Tales Campbell, and some other guys. So I don't think defense is their problem. They play pretty – they play they play tough ball in Baltimore. But uh, if they want to go any further, they need to add a, another threat. Yeah, in the past game. Yeah, I believe that as well because, like you said, defense shouldn't be their problem. I think they have everybody pretty much locked up and on good contracts. Um, who they got secondary? Marlon Murphy, Jimmy Smith, um, and uh, what you call it? You know, what I'm talking about, but uh, my guy from uh from L. A. from Compton, Marcus Peters. Yeah, yeah. Marcus yeah. Peters. So, um, and like you just said as well, Patrick Queen, emerging linebacker, Calais Campbell, and those guys on the line. Defense is fine. They definitely do need another deep threat. They need another weapon. Um. You can't bring in Des Tom or Des Bryant and think he's about to, I guess, be the game changer um, that you need at receiver. Um, yeah, this is not 2014. Obviously, yeah. Um, I mean, you just said Hollywood Brown. That, he's not. I don't know if they kind of saw maybe like a, a Tyreek Hill type of uh, guy in him, playing him, but I don't think he has like that. He is fast, but I don't think he has that blow, blow off the top type speed to where, like you say, he can just be a number one receiver. He can just be – a threat, but maybe I could be wrong. Maybe they do get another one, another number one type receiver. He can be like that Tyreek Hill type guy to where they, you know, the attention is taken off him a little bit and he can 
make more plays in the passing game. But yeah, like we said, I'm gonna keep it short. That's definitely it. They definitely need another weapon um on the outside or in the slot, whatever the case may be. They just need another number one receiver. And I think this is the year to do it because there's a lot of uh number one type receivers or at least yeah, really, sure. really good receivers in a uh, free agency. So everybody's been talking about, you know, the quarterback carousel. I'm looking forward to where these receivers go, honestly, because that's going to change a lot of people's offense. Yep, exactly. And the draft. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, that's it with the draft as well. I forgot Chase. Um, obviously, uh, Smith, Chase, Waddle. Smith, Waddle. Yeah, and then um, there's always sleepers. The guy from uh, Minnesota. Yeah, and then there's always this guy that just pop out like that you don't even be knowing. Like the second round, the third round is where mm-hmm. you get the dogs at. Exactly. So they, they got to whether it's draft or whether it's, it's it's signing. That's just what they need. They got to do it. Um. All right, Bills. We'll go on to them. This one's going to be quick and easy. They need some running back help. Uh, when you drop back four times in a row <laughs> in a regular possession, but like a re- you wouldn't, I don't think you would rarely, maybe the Chiefs, but you don't see teams rarely drop back four times in a row on the drive. They'll at least hand the ball off one time in the Bills. They didn't do that because maybe they're not confident in their guys. So maybe Devin Singletary, you know. Who else did they have? T.J. Yeldon, and there was another guy that I'm missing, Zach Moss. Uh, Moss Zach Moss. Uh, maybe Zach Moss got hurt, so maybe when they lost him, that was their guy, and they abandoned the run game. But to be successful, I think they need uh, every down back pretty much. Uh, they're pretty good in the past game. I would say I said this earlier, adding another weapon because Cole Beasley would be a slot guy. John, John Brown, somewhat of a slot guy, but. Another guy on the other side of Diggs who was successful this year, but they're going to key in more on him. So, yeah. Uh, and, and the wide receiver heavy draft. I don't know why they wouldn't. And on the defensive side, there's not too, too much. They have a lot of corners, you know, mm-hmm. Micah Hyde and Joy, Jordan Poirier, some solid safety. Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, I don't, I might be getting the name wrong, but him and Matt Milano are holding it down in the, um, in the linebacking core. And the D-line is pretty solid. So I would say, for me, the main thing is a running back, but they might have some small other pieces they might need to fill, like a wide receiver, too, or maybe a piece on the defensive side of the ball. But for me, my number one need would be a running back. If Zach Moss isn't there, I don't know. I haven't been in the building. I haven't been in practice. So I don't <laughs> know what they're thinking. But if if it was me, I would go offense first Yeah, in one of those two spots. I can see that as well. I think um, I have to look. I think I got it up here somewhere, but their needs, like I said, I, I would definitely would go running back as well because I've been saying all year, like, it's just going to bite them in the butt at some point. They can't just be passing the whole the whole game. Like, you know, like you just said, they're going to key in on Allen and Diggs. Like, that's pretty much what had been working. Um, and it did work up pretty much all the way up to the end of the year, um, you know, when they had to face uh, KC again. But, you know, they just need – that balance they need to run an attack they also maybe need a little bit more help on um on the defensive line i know a few people said they may can use another edge rush i've seen either even some people which we're going to get to later on in the show they want uh jj watt to go up there um but those are two things i think that they should hit on they can't hit on another receiver you know doesn't hurt whatsoever like you say they do got kind of two slot guys if they have another outside threat um that can pair with digs they makes them just even more elite and explosive so Definitely, you know, I agree with you on that and, and pretty much those same things. I said either defensive line or, you know, back help and receiver couldn't hurt anybody. Um, Steelers. This is uh, – <laughs> I don't want to disrespect Big Ben. He's my guy, but for me, I don't know. Haskins, I still believe in Haskins, so I'm going to scrap that. I, I believe in Big Ben for another year. You know, his elbow is a little sore. Mm. Haskins, 
I think he'll have a nice bounce back uh, sitting under Big Ben. I'm going running back. James Conner is not Le'Veon. I know they were <laughs> hoping he might be, but he's not. And Benny, Sm- Benny Snell is not. Yeah, he's no. a, he's a, you know he's a hard nosed runner. He's gonna give you uh, effort. He's gonna run hard, but he's not that guy. So I'm gonna go running back. Um, they have a solid little receiving core with Claypool, Juju. I don't know if they're gonna resign him and Deontay Johnson. Then they got Ebron and another guy tied in. So I'm going running back. They need a run game. Their offensive line got soft, and you know they just like the Bills, which is crazy. They abandoned the run game. They uh, mm-hmm. there were some games where they dropped back, even though it was dink and dunk passes. They throw the ball 50 times a game, which is unnecessary, and it yeah. lost them some games. So I'm going running back. Yeah. And I, well. I, I said this in a previous episode. I see them, if Najee Harris falls to them, I could see them taking them in the first round. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. That, that might need to be who they key in on um, if he is, if he does fall that far. Um, but yeah, uh, like you said, quarterback wise, there is some questions there just because of what. Haskins has done on and off the field, um, but bringing them in, I think, I think Pittsburgh is probably the best situation, just the, the overall best situation for him. I think, um, you know, that type of organization would do him well, and maybe a year under uh, Roethlisberger, maybe they'll turn him over in two years, and he'll be uh, he'll be ready to go. Um, but still, maybe some questions there. Like you said, running back for sure. I can if Najee Harris falls to them, I can see, and they're able to keep their tandem of weapons. Um, at receiver, I, I see them because they because defense has never really been a question for them. It wasn't a question for them this year either. They, they're pretty stout on that side of the ball. Um, so it's really just all offensive help. I think I looked it up as well. They need a little bit of I guess interior offensive line help as well. So maybe a guard. Um, obviously they're they're nowhere n- near. I, was, I don't even know if he plays guard. Probably play guard and tackle. But uh, Penesa well. And nowhere near yeah. able to draft him unless they. Wait, are you talking about for the Steelers? Bro? Yeah, I'm talking about for the Steelers. Like they just, it, it, it's one of the things I looked up. They said they need some uh, like guard help. So I hate um, to break it to you, man, but he's not. Oh yeah, yeah, I said yeah. I was saying there's no way he's gonna fall to them unless they just give a. a sh- I think that's since he's guy. Yeah, I was saying exactly. I was saying unless they give a shitload of picks and players trade up somehow, some way, which I don't think they would do. Um, yeah. that's the only way I was saying like that that would be able to happen, but. You know, those are the three biggest needs that they have, and I don't, I don't know which ones they're gonna address first, or if they're gonna address all of them and be able to hit all of them. But yeah, um, those are the questions, and they can easily get back to the playoffs. But like I said, they just got to, they got to fix those things, and mainly probably the running attack, because like you said, they had a few like games in the beginning of the season that James kind of looked like he would, you know, be all right, feeling feeling well, and then they have a nice little rotation. But like you said, they abandoned it and abandoned it hard. And Big Ben, I don't count on Big Ben throwing the ball 50, 60 times a game and me winning. I just, I can't. Um, but next we'll move on to Indianapolis. Um, Short and simple quarterback. Philip Rivers, like I said, he probably can't even throw the ball with 40 yards. Uh, the defense was a surprise this year. Ben Stout, I thought they had some holes, but they have some. I wouldn't even say just some guys, but they have some solid players that play well in the scheme and they play together, and that's all you need for defense. So uh, they rally to the ball well. They play their assignment, and they make plays. That DeForest Buckner trade was game-changing, and that oh, yeah. showed first-round picks aren't that valuable because you can trade it, but you got to hit on a guy. And mm-hmm. when you trade one for established player. But for me, I'm going quarterback. That's the – you know, you got some – you got T.Y. Hilton. He's getting older. But you got some guys, some speedy guys, Paris Campbell, and then – you got Michael Pittman, who I've always been fond of ever since his days at USC. Uh, you got some guys. You got a, the 
second, first or second best line in the game and a promising running back, Jonathan Taylor, who fell to them in the second round. So mm. I say the only thing really missing is quarterback. Uh, maybe you in the field of receiver, but yeah. your main need if they want to go further, quarterback is the main position in in sports and it's the best position in football. So you got to, if you want to win, you got to, you got to have that guy behind the center. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of few people, but I think Carson Wentz is going to be their guy, and I think he's a capable player. He just needs to get out of Philly, a new change of scenery. Yeah, uh, Frank Reich, him and him, I mean him and Carson did well together. So I think that'll be their guy, and that's their biggest need. That's exactly what I was going to say. You hit on him before you know you finished off. Um, I think Carson's their guy as well. They obviously do need a quarterback um, with Philip Rivers retiring. I don't know what that was the other day. I didn't read too much into it because I, I forgot what I was doing, but like a little bit of rumblings of Andrew Lux unretiring or something. What, did you, did you, I guess, see or read anything on that? Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I seen, I seen it somewhere. A few people was talking about it tweeting. I didn't, didn't look into it or try to read on it. Obviously I don't think that's going to happen, but anyway, yeah. like I said, I think Carson Wentz uh, is their guy. Obviously quarterback, I think is their number one need. Everything else. I think they're pretty stout as well. Like they have, Three teams in a row. It's the third one. The AFC has some solid defenses. Um, like I said, they they have great linebackers. They got a nice front four, like you said, that trade for uh, or yeah, trade for Buckner. Um, definitely helped put them over the edge. Um, in that front seven, they have solid um DBs as well. I think quarterback, and I would say another wide receiver, just because Ty doesn't really look the same. Um, this year, last year, like it's kind of you know, it's kind of like it looks like he's kind of like on the decline. Ever since Andrew Luck left. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what you call it, Pittman, obviously, it is for, it's his first year. I think, you know, not every receiver pops off in the first year, maybe not even the second year. They kind of all have their time. We saw it this year with Corey Davis. Like, a lot of people was about to give up on him, but he had a really, really good, um, really good season. So, um, you know, I think them adding another weapon, though, wouldn't, wouldn't hurt. Like you said, they got some young and, you know, capable receivers, but, you know, maybe a game changer with, like you said, so many, or like I said, so many receivers uh, being – um available for free agency and like you said so many receivers being available in the draft so another team that made me need some offensive help quarterback and uh wide receiver um titans for me uh neither for now like you just said Corey davis showed that he, i wouldn't say he was worth the number five pick which i think he was but mm-hmm. for a breakout season ryan Tannehill has been consistent i don't know where his stats were but they were damn good this year uh, he didn't mm-hmm. fall off he had a very good season so I'm going to stay away from that. For me, I'm going to go secondary. Uh, Dory Jackson has struggled a little bit. Christian Fulton is okay, but I don't think he's the guy. So for me, no, 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 scrap that. I'm sorry. That's the second thing, secondary. First thing, mm-hmm. they need some damn uh, pass rush. Vic <laughs> Beasley and Clowney yeah. weren't yeah. over two waste of signings. Vic Beasley, I don't. I think they cut him early. Yeah. And Clowney, yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is, man, but he just hasn't lived up to what he was. Everybody thought he was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But for me, the biggest thing for them is pass for a quarterback. Sit pretty when they play them, for the most part, and that's way different from the days when I was going up like with Javon Curse and people mm-hmm. like that. They uh, the biggest thing for them is pass rush, so I think that's what they need to go get. I don't think they're picking low enough. I mean, yeah, I don't think they're picking at the bottom of the first round to get the guy uh, Thibodeau or. Mm-hmm. Roche from Miami, but they need to get a pass rusher in free agency or the draft, or it won't be good because you can have 
I know Dory and Christian Fulton struggled. Like I said, they need secondary help too. But even if they were locked down corners, they can only lock up for so long. So you need that pressure. Yeah. That's what I think they need to be in. Maybe it's just obvious to everyone, but we're pretty much sweeping in and agreeing with almost like their defense yeah. was terrible, trash. I, I don't even know another word for it. Like, it just was <laughs> ridiculous because I think they were like 20, they were ranked 20 something, like 27, 20. Yeah, just pretty much at the bottom. I think like 27 pass. I don't remember, I don't remember what rush was. But I know it's like you know, somewhere high as well, like five maybe. Yeah, they need edge rush for sure. Like you said, Clowney hasn't really anything. I already knew Vic Beasley was going to be a waste. They signed him. I was just glad he was out of here. Um, cornerback definitely need help. Losing, um, boy, I forgot his name. It just left my mind. But uh, one. The one corner that they didn't want to re-sign last uh this past offseason. Um I forgot they had Malcolm Butler this year, but who didn't yeah. they want to re-sign? I forgot his name. I can't think of it right now. It'll probably come to me later. But uh I don't even remember where he went. But they it was a, a corner they was kind of debating on whether they wanted to give him money or not, and they ended up not uh it to him. Uh I'll figure it out later on. But yeah, those are two things that they need. Um and they need it fast and in a hurry because offense can't carry you obviously Derrick Henry ain't gonna be able to carry both sides of the ball Tim Hill neither mm-hmm. Corey Davis and AJ Brown they just need a defense to be able to stop somebody because offensively we saw they climbed back in a lot of games that they were down big in um but why were they down big in them because probably the defense couldn't stop a soul so that's what they need help in um I don't know what they can do to take that next step in the playoffs being in you know it looks like the AFC is continuing to grow and just be better each and every year so um yeah I don't know what they can do to take get over the hump, but they definitely need help on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and I think to finish off the AFC and we'll hit on the NFC real quick, the Browns. For me, this one is going to be tough because it's a, it's not really a, a need, but they could fill this spot on offense. I think they're pretty good. I'm going to, you know, ride out with Baker for a little bit. They got the two-headed monster with Chubb and Hunt. Their whole line was very, very good this year in the receiving court. Got it done, even though, you know, people don't really know who's on the receiving core besides Jarvis Landry and maybe Higgins, but mm-hmm. they got it done in their tight end core is probably the best in the league. But yeah, I'd say they can add a little bit of help in the linebacker core. I would say secondary, but I'm going to leave be patient because they had two young guys that were hurt, greedy yeah. most of the year, and then their guy, uh, Grand Delpit, Delpit, he tore yeah. the Achilles in preseason, so he wasn't there. That's two guys that were supposed to be starters, and they got Ronnie Harrison, so. I'm going to say they can just add some depth in the line, linebacking core. I don't know who's really there besides Mac Wilson. And uh, there's another guy that's there, but I can't think of his name at the time. So I think they should add depth there. And maybe if they didn't resign Olivier Vernon, put some help mm-hmm. on the other side of Miles Garrett. But other than that, I think they're they're set. Uh, they played well against the Chiefs, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I think they're, you know, just building on the momentum they have right now. They got a solid foundation. I think they found their coach. So, you know. Just keep pushing and add depth in places that you are uh, weak. And like I said before, I watch these teams. I don't know anybody in the front office, so I don't know what their needs are. Who's <laughs> really, really struggling. So I can only go by what I see yeah. for the most part in my knowledge. Yeah. Same here. Yeah, they actually – they're going to be one of my teams. Obviously, that overachieved as well. I mean, in a way. Yeah. I, I know last year, you know, everybody rolled them off to Super Bowl once they made the trade for Odell and then signed all these uh, free agents or guys in free agency. But – um, in a way, they kind of overachieved. Winning, I mean, 11, winning eleven games, you know, with a new head coach, you no know, offseason, just you know, a bunch of change in general. That's uh, pretty impressive. Uh, like you said, safeties would be on the only question, but they do got two young guys that are really, really good. Um, and when they come back for injury, I'm pretty sure they're going to show that as well. Um, 
like I said, just depth maybe on the interior defensive line, maybe some interior pressure, um, some run stop and help um, for Miles Garrett and, you know, Vernon on the outside. Like you said, linebacker, they're pretty set set as well. But like you just said, depth can never hurt. Um, offensively, obviously, they got a two-headed monster in the run game. Um, they, if, if they don't trade them, they will get Odell and Jarvis back and Higgins, like you said, has emerged. They got a re- really, really good um, tight ends, Harrison Bryant, um, Njoku, and uh, my guy here in Atlanta that left. Forgot his name, but Austin Hooper. Yeah, Hooper. So, um, yeah, they're pretty much set on offense. You know, as long as Baker continues to grow and starts to flourish, and you know, in his role as leading that team, they don't really got any questions on that side of the ball. Just more depth on the defensive end, and they're gonna pretty much give the Ravens and Steelers, and I guess everybody else in the AFC a little bit of a little bit of a scare whenever they have to play them. So, it should be a good division. Definitely, I think that's at first the. The best division in football to me this year, like the first, probably the first half of the year, definitely was the NFC West. But to close out the year, to end it all off, I think um, the AFC North probably definitely takes it. Yeah, the Bengals, they're, they're, I think they'll be okay. They're coming mm-hmm. a little. Yeah, especially you know with Joe Burrow being back healthy. Yeah, got, they got the position they need, so mm-hmm. they should be taking steps forward. Yep, filling all the other little holes that they have. Um, like you said, offensive line for one, because he wouldn't have been hurt if their offensive line was somewhat decent. Um, and then just building up the rest, of the rest of the defensive side of the ball. So yeah, that's going to be a fun division to watch in the next uh, upcoming year. Um, and well, once the Steelers figure out who they're going to get at quarterback, everybody in that division at QB is a uh, is a uh, pretty young. So let me see. And obviously, we're going to move on to the NFC now. Um, oh, did we even do Kansas? We did Kansas City for the Super Bowl. I'm about to say that. I mean, there's not really much. Yeah, I'm about to say we don't we'll really. some help on the, you know, some help on the D line, and maybe I wouldn't even say offensive line help. They just got to keep people healthy. So, yeah. Yeah, we can move on from that one. Honestly. Um, we're going to make it look. Yeah. Uh, let's hit on – we'll do the Bucks last because they won the uh, championship, obviously. But we'll hit on Seattle. Um, we'll hit on Seattle first. Uh, this is going to be very quick for me. Offensive line help. That's the reason why Russ spoke out on the Dan Patrick show. He was mm-hmm. tired of getting hit. Uh, it's been going on for some years. They got him a little help with DK, which they slipped up on. But he's been getting hit from year – Hit for years. That's why they traded for Dwayne Brown from the Texans. Mm-hmm. So that's it's a quick one for me. Uh, but their defense need help too. So it's a tough <laughs> one. But the best you got to protect your quarterback. That's the main thing. Scrap defense. You need yeah. to keep your your franchise guy clean. And he's very unhappy at the moment. Maybe a little that has a little bit to do with his wife being a you know <laughs> superstar. She she needs to be in not Seattle. Not Seattle. <laughs> so yeah. He could be one clean, so he doesn't want out. Yeah, the the superstar wife start to try to make little like put little you know bugs in the guy's ear and try to make moves certain areas. Obviously, she might yeah. want to go to L.A., maybe New York, maybe even, who knows back home here in Atlanta, but more likely L.A. Something like um, you know, it's kind of close. But like you just said, got to keep him happy. They definitely need some defensive help, some work on that side of the ball. But you put invested so much money in uh, Russell. You got to invest in some guys that can protect them as well. So I think that's, you know, a little bit. They, they definitely need some type of help on the offensive line. But obviously defense is where a lot of the work comes in. I think they need to still find a, another corner, another lockdown, shutdown corner. Um, I think there's a few guys in the draft that, that could be that. They have the potential maybe. But more than likely, I feel like they need to go and get uh, one of these free agents. Um, maybe, who knows? I don't, I don't know if he still has that. I think he still does that number one um, type corner in him, at least to help 
um, on the other side with uh, Griffin. But Patrick Peterson, you never know. Like I said, we're going get, to get to that later on in the show as well. But they definitely, I think, need another corner and another edge rush too, I guess. Um, yeah, I think that's the two probably biggest they, things I, I say. When they got Carlos Dunlap from the mm-hmm. Bengals, that pass rush got better. So. Yeah, I would say if they get another guy on the opposite side of him, it should put them right back in. I won't say elite format, but they, they should be capable to rush the pass and get a little bit of pressure on um, I'm opposing quarterback. So, um, Washington football team. Quarterback. Their <laughs> defense defense played well. A lot of young pieces. A lot of young players and a lot of young pieces that played well. Uh, I wouldn't mess with that for a while. I know this. I wouldn't mess with it. I wouldn't mess with it. I know this is a little weird, but I have them in the Madden franchise, so I know they got some young pieces. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with quarterback. Alex Smith is obviously not the answer. Heineke, they signed him because he played well, so he's a solid backup. Shout mm-hmm. out to Aaron Hughes and that guy, but you need a quarterback. Terry McLaurin's got it done with mediocre quarterbacks for these first two seasons, so mm-hmm. i like to see them get him a guy and to add some help. They have some guys playing well at tight end, but I don't know if they're the future. You know, Logan Thomas, people like that, but my main thing would be quarterback. Like I said before with the Colts, if you don't have the guy, you can't win the big game, so until yeah. they get that guy, they can't Think about having any playoff, getting to the playoffs or having any playoff success. So I'm going to go quarterback. Yeah. Unfortunately, I guess they thought Dwayne was the guy. Obviously, wasn't the guy. Yeah. Um, so they, everything else, though, they, they pretty much, as an organization as a whole, I'm going to shout them out first. Like they, they've done and taken the right necessary steps, obviously, with uh, scrapping the, the Redskins, or sorry, I won't say the R word, but the R word, scrapping that. Um, you know, pick wise, they, uh, Got Chase Young. Um, they, their whole front four is, you know, incredible. Uh, Kerrigan, um, Sweat, you know, just a, a nice, a nice deep, nice pieces on the defensive side, but especially in the front seven. Um, like you just said, they they need a quarterback desperately. Outside of that, they probably need a wide receiver as well desperately. Um, and it's crazy to see, like most of these uh, playoff teams that we keep talking about, everybody needs offensive help. We literally been hitting on offense the entire time, but yeah, they they definitely needed a quarterback. Um, whether that's in the draft or they try to pry away some one of these guys, Deshaun Watson or whoever else, Sam Darnold possibly, um, in some type of trade. Um, but yeah, quarterback and wide receiver they need it. Uh, like you said, uh, scary, scary Terry has done a great job with very very mediocre quarterbacks, and it'd be crazier to see what he can do with a, another guy opposite of him that can take some pressure off of him and then a quarterback that can give him and the other guy the ball. So definitely quarterback and receiver for me. Um, for next, uh, we'll hit on Chicago. <laughs> Chicago for me is tough. I say they, uh, Allen Robinson is on his way out because he's not really happy with the organization, but I want to go quarterback again. It depends. Indy and Chicago is tough. Cause I know those are the top two destinations for Carson Wentz. So if they get him. I think they will be fine, but, for me, that's their biggest need. Uh, defense wasn't what it was in 2018 and 2019. I can't recall exactly what year that was, but it was one of the two. But I'm going to go with offense. Uh, they have a little bit of weapons, but if they don't re-sign A-Rob, they need another weapon. But mm-hmm. they need a quarterback regardless. So it's a tough situation, but they just need, for me, offensive help. Uh, David Montgomery played well to end the season, but he tweeted some the other day, mm-hmm. thanking Chicago for his first couple of years. So. It's a tough one. For me, I'm going to just go overall offense. They need offense, offensive help. Uh, yeah. Start off, you know, like I've said previously in this episode, the quarterback is the number one need for any team that's needing a quarterback. It so, seems like it's a lot of teams that we talk talking about need quarterbacks as well. 
it's the most important position in football, as you know. Um, but yep, just offense. Just gonna keep it short and sweet. Offense. Like you said, they may lose Allen Robinson. Um, quarterback wise, there's so many questions. With obviously not really, they're not comfortable with Mitch. Nobody good. is, man. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> so just offense. Running back wise, I don't even know. David Montgomery has been okay, but I still think they can upgrade maybe at that spot as well. Um, I know like they had a tandem with him and Cohen because you know Cohen's more so of the receiving back, and you know they can kind of switch him in and out. But maybe they can have they may need a guy that maybe is uh, just best in in the pass and in the run that can do both. Just offense. So yeah, keep it short and sweet, like you said. Uh, the Rams. For me, they just got the QB one. Mm-hmm. This was a tough one for me because their defense played so well. So I wouldn't say another quarter corner on the other side of Jalen Ramsey. Their pass rush was there. For me, I go linebacker help and mm-hmm. additional line help because Andrew Whitworth is getting old. Uh, he's played well. I think he's had a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, but he's he's really old. Like, <laughs> yeah, I remember right. watching him in Hard Knocks when the Bengals were around, and I was like ten years old, and yeah. I'm 23 now. So he's been around for a minute. Uh, so I'm gonna go additional. You know, it wouldn't hurt to have any depth. So O line depth or linebacker help because their receiving core is young. You know, well, not young. Ben Jefferson is nice. Cooper Cup is somewhat young, but he's not young, so I can't say that. But they have the guys in those spots, and Cam Akers was a, a bright spot towards the end of the season, so I don't see them getting a running back. So I'm for me, I'm going with additional O line help. But before I, they might add these, but. Apparently they don't think they need one because they don't mm-hmm. have any first second round picks. So yeah, <laughs> we shall see. Exactly. Yeah, they yeah, just got to hit on them later round picks. Uh, yeah, pop up. So, but yeah, like you just said, it, yeah, I don't know how much longer he got. I guess he, he's looked he's looked okay for as long as he's been playing. <laughs> yeah, but that's you can't. I don't know. I don't see it on the offensive line too. That's the trenches, boy. You can't. I, I don't know how much longer he's gonna be able to last. But I guess he just built different. But yeah, I feel like you, like you just said, if if not address the offensive line, have somebody to come in to you know, t- you know take his place uh, eventually within the next year or two. Uh, I can definitely see like a hybrid type linebacker or somebody that can come off of the edge as well, um, rush passer like like a Dante Fowler type guy. Obviously that we signed here in Atlanta, like you know that did wonders for him, for them when they had him and Robert Quinn because he could put his hand in the dirt. Or he can come off the edge and you know two point stands, which I feel like he's better at anyway. Um, I think, like I said, I don't want to talk about my Falcons, but I think that's why I was a little skeptical when we did get him because he can't be no number one guy. We needed we need another guy that can take the attention off and you know, on the other side that can help him create pressure. Um, but yeah, I can see them definitely going that route, like a hybrid or so. Definitely uh, in, in agreement of that with that one. Um, Saints. Yeah, Saints. Saints is a tough one. You know, most people will say quarterback, but I believe in Jameis. Uh, they got AK. Their O-line is dominant. I would say add another. Oh, I'm going to start with offense first. On offense, to add another weapon, Emmanuel Sanders is old. Uh, Mike mm-hmm. Thomas needs to do a little more, so they need to add a deep threat to take the top off because, you know, they call him Slam Boy for a reason. So but <laughs> he, he's a good route runner, but he he's not going to take the top off, so they need that. But on the yeah. defensive side, I would go – with maybe some linebacker help, it's hard because their secondary is pretty stout. Like, yeah. I know age is different. It's different in Madden and stuff like that. In real life, like, Janoris Jenkins is 33. Like, mm-hmm. a game, he'd be useless. But in real life, he still yeah. has a couple more years. So, yeah. 
Exactly. I'm going to just go add in linebacker depth. Uh, Demario Davis and Anzalone are somewhat old, so that's why I say that, so they could add some depth there. But their D-line is good. Champ, uh, not Cham. Cam Jordan is not aging like that. He's yeah. still not – he's not dominant, but he, he's a very solid player. And Hendrickson, man, every time I watch the Saints, he's popping off my screen making plays. Yeah. They, all, they also have Davenport, so uh, I would say linebacker depth. Yeah. And some receiver depth. Well, a guy that could take the top off him. I think I, – I don't think they would go with one in the first round, but I could see them finding one in the second. Hopefully, Jamie is the answer. I, I don't want to give up on him at all. I, I don't think they will. I think I think they say – just like I said for um, Haskins going to Pittsburgh was the right situation. I think James being in New Orleans for a year, learning under Drew Brees, uh, you know, those guys really will help out as well. And I think – he has to get the nod going in, um, going into this upcoming year. Uh, so I don't think it's a super duper need. Um, if not, I guess they still will use their utility guy um, somehow, some way. Uh, obviously, I, we saw he can't be no starting quarterback, but I think Jameis sh- should come in with the starting role. Should be all right. Um, yeah, wide receiver, I can definitely see them needing another guy on the opposite side of Michael Thomas. Um, they are, they do have Emmanuel Sanders for another year and kind of moving him to the slot. Um, and kind of just being that veteran leader role model that makes timely plays because I don't think he's the second. He's a, he's a true second option at this point in his career. Um, oh, yeah, uh, 100%, 100%. Yeah. Um, and the other guys are just kind of pedestrian. You know, uh, Deontay Harris, I mean, he, he's electric, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of like a utility guy as well. It's like, you know, sweeps, maybe a screen, like, Maybe one true play down the field, something like that, but no, I know solid, just straight up number two. Um, yeah, defensive wise, this stack they just made that trade for uh, damn, I forgot his name. Um, towards the you know, in the season for the trade deadline, they got him from the 49ers. Uh, Quan um, Alexander, Alexander yeah. yeah, man, I'm glad you, I wish you would have went first. Now I kind of take that back because he's a he's under 30 and he's a pass covering linebacker, so mm-hmm. the same. That's why when people I used to be shocked when they would say like they have one of the best rosters in the league, but. When you go over it, they do have. Yeah, yeah. slowly. So I, I really kind of take that back. I go receiver. Yeah. I um and again it's crazy. Another team that we talking about, they need offensive help. Um that made the playoffs. I guess defense really does win champion. Um, but I um well, yeah, uh Quan Alexander, Demario Davis, he don't really seem like he's aging either. They're solid. And like you just said, I don't I didn't want to agree with it and have to, you know, actually watch the Saints and like like, oh yeah, they got solid a solid defense, solid key players. Because um, obviously they're, they're a division rival for me, but as like these, especially these past two years, I've just had to come to come to my senses, come to terms with them. Like, yeah, they're, they're stout, they're pretty dominant. Um, even though I hate how their corners hold and grab and be talking so much, but they're a solid group, they're a solid unit. And yeah, I, I think they just another team just needs offensive help. I think James should get the nod, but receiver would do them justice. Um, Green Bay, and then I know we'll slightly hit on the Bucks because they're this quick. To me, to be honest, Aaron Rodgers makes it work, but I think they need O line. I mean, Jesus, not O line receiver, <laughs> another dog. Mm-hmm. Like I just go back and think, I might be wrong. Like thinking of the draft order because I think the Packers went to the NFC Championship. So you're right. Never mind. He wouldn't have been there. But imagine if they hit on somebody like Justin Jefferson this year. Uh, no, they act. Oh, oh no. Yeah, they made it to the NFC Championship, so they were like 29 I, or 30. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, I was about to. Say. Yeah, because I was about to say Philadelphia passed up on them. Philly but hold did. on. Yeah, Philly but did. I feel like Green Bay did too. I'm going to have to look that up. I'm going to let you keep yeah. talking. but Yeah, but uh, 
for me, it's receiver. You know, if they would have hit on a guy like that, I don't know what would have happened. It would have got it would have got ugly this year, especially with Tanya. But Aaron Rodgers made it work. But I think that would be their that would have helped them out. Uh, Valdez Scanling, Lazar, they're nice, but they're inconsistent, and they 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 don't make some of the timely plays that are needed. So that's unfortunate. But mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with that position on the defensive side. King, you know, he had a bad game, but he had a good season. Savage and Amos are two good safeties. And their linebacking core is a little weak, but their D-line is good. So I would say linebacker and receiver. But you got to help your Asian quarterback, your Hall of Fame quarterback. You want him to get a ring. You've had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and they've combined for two rings. So I think that's in part with, you know, the guys not getting it done sometimes, uh, the franchise and the management not surrounding these guys with the proper people. So Mm -hmm. I would say go with the receiver. And it's hard because you're going to be picking number 30 this year, but – like I said, second round, there's some there have been some good second and third round receivers in the last couple of years. So, you know, do your scouting, your scouting department has to do their job, and you guys gotta find your guy for a rod. Yeah. Um, and you were right. Uh he was he got picked or Jordan Love got picked what four 26. picks after Justin Jefferson. Yeah, 26. So yeah, man. I mean, you could have traded up. I'm pretty sure you could have. Yeah, I think there was talks about them trying to trade up because uh Justin Jefferson kept kind of falling a little bit. So, but yeah, um, actually, Brandon, um, I got picked one pick before Jordan Love. I wonder if I'm not trying, because I, I, you know, there's no excuse for Green Bay. He's a gadget, Jordan Love, yeah, I was, but do you think him or him or I guess Jefferson Jefferson Jalen Rager, one of those could have been their guys, and they just felt like the ones that went in the second round wasn't, you know, or people I guess they could have held off on. But I think there was still. I'm looking at names. Yeah, there's still some solid guys they could have took. Um, even if they were a year away. So, yeah, the piggyback off of you, receiver. Um, you know, it, it's crazy to see what Devontae Adams and him have been able to do with just each other. Obviously, Lazard and Scantling and them, they're not, you know, slouches, but um, I think they can definitely use another pass-catching type. Because um, I know Lazard, he, he's, you know, good in passing game, but he's more so, I guess, they always praise him about his blocking. Scantling's yeah, supposed to be like a deep threat, but – it's 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 iffy there. Um, and then, like I said, just just getting him another offensive weapon. They they got the defensive guys. Um, not defensive guys. They got the um running backs. They could use a little bit of help on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe another secondary guy. Um, you know, the, the way King played, uh, they, they may need to replace him sooner than later. Man. But uh, other than that, yeah, I think just getting him a receiver and they should be okay. Defense continue can continue to grow and uh. You know, play the game and flourish. The Smith brothers on the uh, defensive line are still a problem to handle. Um, so, like I said, maybe taking their help, maybe another linebacker, and they should be all right. They obviously got into the NFC Championship two years in a row, so they can't be missing too, too much. And lastly, like I said, not much to probably talk about, but the, the now the defending uh, Super Bowl champs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not too much. I would say I would have to wait until, like, free agency and everything happens. But for me – the keys to success and running it back would be resign these guys and maybe I don't even know what piece to add. It depends if you resign everybody because let's talk about that real quick. Uh, yeah. They got some – they have a bunch of free agents, but they have some key guys they have to sign. Like Chris Godwin is young, so he's looking for his first contract. I think he was a second-round guy, so somebody, somebody might be willing to pay him 16 to $17 million. You got Levante David. He's been there forever. He stuck it out. Uh mm-hmm. 32, so this is his last big contract. Not 32, I might have the age wrong, but he's in his 30s. 
And lastly, Shaq Barrett, uh, he was a late round, not late round pick, but not a first round pick. He sat behind Von Miller, uh, you know, didn't get his shine. He left because they signed Bradley Chubb and balled out. Mm -hmm. So he's looking for that, his first big payday. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be tough to keep those guys. So the main thing for me to run it back is to sign your key guys. So, yeah, like I said, I have to wait to see until after free agency. So. But the main thing I would say is just running back. Yeah, honestly, that, that may just be the only thing that they need help with is attaining their players. Chris Godwin's up um, due for a contract. I know they, Mike Evans and the other guys want to keep him around, but like I said, they got to allocate money to that defense that we've seen and, and showed that, you know, they got some ballers on that side. Uh, so, like you just said, honestly, I don't know if there's anything that they, like, need, need. They have to attain those same players, those, those players that, you know, proved big time. Um, for them throughout the course of the playoffs, the season, and in the Super Bowl, in order to probably like so. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there's any any other real true needs to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I guess that that might do it for this segment. Uh, so yeah, that's you know, pretty long, but of course I, I like to hit on all these teams. It's crazy, like I said, just to see that most of these teams that we were talking about all need office of help, um, and they all have you know pretty good defense. Um, so offense is the way to go, quarterback. What we learned is quarterback is obviously the most important position, key position, need help there. A lot of these teams need running back help, maybe another big playmaking wide receiver, and they could make that next step like the Bucks did to win the Super Bowl in uh, 22. So, and then um, not going to talk about all these teams, of course, but just maybe we're going to give a few teams that um, maybe overachieved or underachieved this year um, and maybe next steps they possibly could take. So, that, of course, I'll let you go first. I know you got two for each uh, – each conference. Um, it's actually a little bit more than that. I'm not gonna. Okay. This might take forever if I did. Nah, I'm good. not gonna. Yeah, go over it. But I didn't. All right, my teams that succeeded, overachieved this year were the Dolphins, the Browns, mm-hmm. the Bills, the Bucks, uh, Steelers. And mm-hmm. I know the Bucks might be a toss up because without James's turnovers last year or the year before last, they would have been a playoff team. So that's exactly. iffy. But the teams that underachieved for me were the Pats, the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Texans. Uh, Texans traded away their best player. The Pats lost their quarterbacks. quarterback, had a lot of guys opt out. Mm-hmm. Philly just underachieved. They weren't really a good roster to start with. And the only team out of that that I would give a break to was San Fran because they had a lot of guys get injured, a lot of key guys. Like, Bosa was lost for the season, in like, week two. And then they had Sherman and some other key guys that were hurt, like, early on in the season. Mm-hmm. For like four or five weeks at a time. So that was key. But those are my overachievers and underachievers. And uh, what about you, Jelani? I know uh, you probably have some. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. Just, a lot of ours are the same. Um, obviously, I got to go with my Falcons for underachieving. I know um, maybe that's just me being being you know a fan and being on the team. But honestly, like I said, there, there was a lot of talk, of course, with the Saints and Bucks. Obviously, everything they did in the offseason, um, the Saints just being, you know, they have been pretty good past what three, four years, and everybody the Bucks brought in, obviously Tom Brady and Gronk, and, you know those guys. But the Falcons still were primed to have a you know pretty decent year. Like they didn't lose too too much. They supposedly upgraded with Devon uh, Dante Fowler, upgraded a little bit with Todd Gurley. Was you know expecting him to be you know a little bit more healthy, back to shape, a little bit back to shape for him. Not 100 percent, of course, um, what he was when you know when office player year and all that. Um, but you know, we had high hopes. You know, Matt Ryan was, you know, cool. Calvin really another year um, in the system, along with Julio just being healthy. Um, of course, we did have a lot of questions about the defensive side of the ball, um, which, you know, 
show again the difference between those playoff teams and, and our team defense. They all had solid and great defensive teams. Um, and we did not. So we underachieved pretty heavily. I didn't think like if, even if we didn't make the playoffs, I didn't think we was only gonna win what four games. So that's the only reason I'm saying they underachieved. But other than that, it was underachieved. Um, like you said, San Fran gets a pass just because of all the injuries. I think they would have been right there um in the NFC West, um, battling it out if they didn't have everybody be Eagles definitely underachieved. Um for some reason, that team always just has everybody hurt, and I don't know why. They can never get everybody healthy for some Maybe reason. Maybe just the trainers. It's crazy. Trainers. I don't know. Exactly. So, like, they definitely underachieved, especially in the NFC East that, like, literally was theirs for the taking, and they kind of just, like, fumbled away the whole time. It's like they just kind of want to toss it up to everybody. And, obviously, the Washington uh, football team came out with it. Um, what was the other team? that uh, The Raiders, honestly, like, I don't know if it was underachieved. It's like they had – they did both. Like, they was overachieving at first. And then when we saw that they, you know, could actually play, they may be a, a well-coached team and, and maybe primed for a playoff position, playoff spot, they went right back to underachieving. They did the same thing they did last year, this year, which was, like, lose, like, six, seven of the last eight games. So um, they did both, honestly. It's kind of kind of weird to, to say. And I wasn't – I would say the Pats as well, they did kind of underachieve. I was – but – Kind of not the same thing as San Francisco, but they did have a lot of opt-outs, especially on the defense side of the ball. So I will give them that. Pretty um, sure they had the most, right? They did. Like literally everybody gone. Um, and then Cam, you know, really when Cam caught COVID, that's when everything went downhill for them. Um, they was on a pretty it was pretty much on a on, on a nice roll. The only game they had lost, I think, came down to like the last possession as well. So um, but pretty much after you got COVID, it, it pretty much was downhill for that team. Um, but I can see definitely how they underachieved. But I, I just I gave them the benefit of the doubt just because of those two reasons. Um, yeah, I'm, and I mean, yeah, that might that might just be everybody else. Given what happened, that that they kind of finished where they were supposed to. I would say Dallas, but that getting hurt, mm -hmm. hurt yeah, but it, yeah, I was like, but. Their defense was ass in, in the first place, so I can't really say though. I don't think they would have got too too far. But I think, like I say, in the NFC East where everybody was just butt, they could have possibly put it out if they had a healthy deck. Um, but yeah, overachieved pretty much all the teams you named for sure. Miami, I was hoping they got to the playoffs, but they could never figure out the the Tua um, Fitzpatrick thing, and unfortunately they lost the last game to where they couldn't get to the playoffs. Um, what you call it? Uh, what did you? My fault. I lost train of thought. Obviously, the Bucks kind of did. I did think they uh, would Houston, get to. Houston was my last underachiever. Uh, oh yeah, you yeah. Know, they traded away their best player. They just were up twenty four zero in the division around against the Chiefs, and then they went. Yeah, big disappointment. A lot of busted moves by mm -hmm. their management and Bill O'Brien, but they're about to pay for it. But I think they'll get you know a haul back. That's why they should think about this. The Sean Watson thing. Let my boy go mm -hmm. and get the picks back that they uh, that they wasted. Yeah, I think yeah, and the Bills definitely did as well. Um, they yeah, they, they balled out. They they balled. Yeah, it kind of was the division was kind of up for everybody, and we knew from last year that they played really well. So we kind of expected. I expected them to at least be at the top of the division, but all in all, they played some really dominant games and, and showed that they belonged in AFC for sure. So I think uh, that's another overachiever as well. Um, other than that, I think everybody kind of did what they were supposed to do. Indianapolis, they're not really an overtier, but just I got shout out to them because I kept saying Philip Rivers is going to take them as far as, as – or they're going to go as far as Philip Rivers take them. He got them to the playoffs, but unfortunately that last throw of the game to, to try to get it to the end zone left them short. So, But they did have a, have a nice little season as well. But 
moving on, we're gonna hit on. We do a little segment, something or nothing. Um, it's kind of it's gonna be you know trades, release guys just going to different teams. Addition. Um, this happened around Super Bowl, so we didn't really get to talk about it too too much. We went to hit on the Super Bowl, of course, and not take shine away from there. But Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff trade, you know, a few other pieces and you know picks and stuff were involved, but. Something or nothing, do you think – I guess something or nothing question for – or for the Rams, do you think this puts them over the top, kind of puts them in the Super Bowl talks um, in the NFC? Do you think this is what they needed in order to, I guess, make that extra? The quarterback position is very vital to win a championship in the league. And Sean McVay, with his mind, he obviously thought that this was a match made in heaven, which might be. Uh, from what I know, I think he runs the West Coast system. Mm-hmm. And uh, – Matthew Stafford can throw it all around the yard, man. A lot of quarterbacks have had MVP-type seasons in this offense, and I've always said the Lions wasted his career. I know they gave him Megatron, but they never gave him a good defense, and he was never – I don't think he ever had the best offensive coaches. It was just him and Megatron making plays. So to for him to finally be surrounded by a nice, a young, genius offensive mind, that's what he's looking for. And with the quarterbacks playing into the 40s now, this could be the back half of his, back half of his career could – I know this is very bold and very crazy, but if he plays well enough, maybe hopefully it could maybe give him a chance to be in the Hall of Fame one day if he gets a ring out of it because his talent as a whole is top, top notch. I can't say there's 30 quarterbacks that play yeah. the history of the league that were more talented than him. So uh, yeah, I think this is something. This is a match made in heaven. Obviously, they didn't trust their guy Jared Goff enough. Yeah. I uh I think it was a good move on their end, especially if he's able to stay healthy. I think this year was like one of the first years I've seen him healthy in a while. Like typically he's missing a few games. Like something happens, he breaks something. He's a tough guy. He comes back in games, you know, yeah. trying to finish out, tough it out. But he's either breaking something or tearing something or something's happening. But he was pretty healthy this uh this past year. But like you just said, he hasn't really been surrounded by the greatest office of minds, even really the greatest office of weapons outside of Megatron. This year I know they had I was well. Kenny Galladay was Galladay is uh, up there is one of his best. Yeah, um, he was pretty much hurt a lot of the year. Um, and Marvin Jones, you know, is decent as well. And uh, they had a nice tight end too. Um, and DeAndre Swift didn't play too too bad as well. But all in all, I think uh, he gonna have a defense that's that's gonna back him as well too. As long as like I said with those offensive weapons that he has, it's not too too much change. Like he has two solid receivers. Maybe if they upgrade, they can upgrade at tight end. Yeah, can't make it like you said that it started to emerge um to end off the season. Defense is ridiculously scary. I think um I think it it, it may it might it definitely surpasses, you know, them at least in the NFC West, um, you know, passing Seattle, depending on what they do in free agency and in the draft. But I think they definitely have surpassed them with uh with this move. Super Bowl wise, I'm not too sure. Obviously, there's still a lot of great teams in the NFC that can compete with them. Um, but I think it's a, it's a really really good move on uh, you know the Rams part for Detroit and Jared Goff. I don't know how that looks. What what do you think about that? Um, do you, do um, you let's feel, not, let's keep that right? one. Yeah, let's keep that one real short. <laughs> They're rebuilding mode. They uh they won the trade. They got they got a quarterback that maybe you know with a new change of scenery, quarter, a coach that believes in him. He plays well. He thrives. But they got two first out of it. So exactly. so win win. Uh, Detroit. I. You know, it's it's tough because they're losing. They're definitely rebuilding because they might lose Galladay. I think he's a free agent. Some other people's. Yeah. And Marvin Jones, they can't bring back one of those. It might be. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not the best situation. So let's just you know, 
they just did it just to do it. Uh, I mean, the Lions and Stafford wanted to part ways, and they won the trade. They got two first, so they're definitely rebuilding. Uh, if Goff's not the guy, they're going to be mad at like, we, we can get our guy in the future, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's definitely obviously something for something for the Rams, maybe nothing for Detroit, but like you said, them two first is uh is key. Um, something and nothing obviously news happened yesterday. JJ Watt got released. He was asked, he asked to be released and got his wish, and they released him. Um, no trade, no nothing. Um, so I guess the something or nothing part I wanted to ask you about is obviously Deshaun Watson's been in the news a bunch. He's actually going to be talking about him next, but he's been in the news a bunch because he's requested a trade, you know, once out. But Texas organizations pretty much saying we're not trading him. He's our quarterback. He's he's here for the future when there's obviously suitors that would want him. And that's probably sending offers for him as well. So do you think it's something or nothing, I guess, the way the Texans are handling this? And what do you think uh, – I guess, what do you think about it? Obviously, I have certain opinions um, why I think this is kind of BS, but, um, you know, what do, what do you think, uh, I guess, about this J.J. Watt being released and not even, I guess, a trade attempt? Uh, I'd say that it's not – I know we're going to disagree. I think Deshaun should be granted his wish because he's upset with the organization, but this situation with him and J.J. Watt completely different. Hmm. If this was J.J. Watt in his prime three-time deep Defensive player of the year, they wouldn't be letting him go. Uh, he's 33 now, if I'm not mistaken. He's older in his career. He's had some injuries. Uh, he's definitely slowed down, not the same guy he was. Mm-hmm. So it was easier for them to move on. Uh, like I just said, they wouldn't have let him go if he was in his prime back then. So I think it's different. If Deshaun was older, uh, he, you know, say he won MVP, no championships, but he won MVP two or three times, some first team all pros, you know. Best player in Texas history, but he's 36, 37. He wants to part ways. I think they do it. But this is Deshaun's in the prime of his career. In my opinion, he's a top five quarterback. So that's why I think the Texans are not letting him go. And I don't think it's completely BS. I know what people are thinking, but it's a reason. Like yeah. if they if they were the same age and they let JJ go, but they didn't let Deshaun go, then we got a problem. But yeah. JJ's coming down, Deshaun's turning up. And I see what the Texans are thinking. Uh, they're trying to do everything they can to keep keep it together, uh, Deshaun together. It's probably not going to work. He mm-hmm. probably ends up sitting out. But I see the reason why they're doing it, and I don't think it's BS. What's your What's your thought? Yeah, of course. Like I, I get that. Of course. Like obviously, if, if they trade, well, depending on the type of return they may get back. I don't know who, what trade suitors or who you know they would send them off to, but. Um, Obviously, that just puts them back even further than what uh, you know Bill O'Brien done for them. Like, obviously, each and every year has been something. Got rid of D Hop last year. Um, obviously, for a trade for David Johnson. Like, basically, everything that, they, that they've been doing within the organization just has you know, has not been the greatest since they lost to Kansas City. Um, what you call it in the uh, was it divisional round? So, I understand, of course, why they got to hold on. Got to keep keep like you just said, top five quarterback top five talent for sure in the league um like if they get rid of him like all like they really just lost and they already lost in clueless but they get rid of him they're even more lost and like how the rebuild how does the rebuild even start like they ain't got they don't even have their first round pick this year um you know who knows what they're looking like the next few years uh with draft capital um like it just continues to push them back 
further and further, especially if they get rid of uh, Deshaun. And I understand. I just, I guess, with me, the problem just reside relies in or resides in like, I guess, like I just said, the principle, like two players. I don't, I guess, separate that type of thing. Obviously, like, you know, JJ has been around. He's done everything, given everything to that organization that he's possibly could have. Um, you know, he's getting older. He's more so on the decline. But I guess I'm just looking at it from a player-player standpoint. One player asks one thing, and it's just, like, automatic. It's like they're bowing down and just saying, like, you got to have whatever you want. Like, yeah, it's cool, like, to, I guess, agree to part ways. But they didn't even try to get – especially – and this is a team I feel like they need something. They need some type of draft capital. They need some type of returns, whether it's a, maybe a promising player, maybe just something, like, a, or not second round, like a, a fifth, sixth-round pick, just anything. Like they didn't try to, I guess, get anything in return. And there was some article. I didn't want to read it, but I know there's an article talking about why they didn't try to pursue a trade. I guess it's because they wanted to allow him to kind of choose where he wanted to go, um, and give gifts, give him that, give him that service and give him that honor. But I guess for me, it's like I'm looking at it player to player. Like one, both players asking the same thing. You grant one player the wish. I guess it's not. It, I guess it can't be like it's not a lead to a, obviously with fairness, money's involved, contracts involved. Everything's involved, but both are under contract. Both are asking, you know, a specific thing, um, which is, you know, that they want out. I feel like you granted it for one guy. You, in a way, kind of showing favorites. You kind of got to grant it for, you know, another guy. And it's not like you can't get great returns for Watson. Like, it's not like you're just going to get, you know, a scrub player, a seventh round pick, and a little bit of five hundred five hundred thousand dollars. Like, you, you are going to get a hefty return. Like, if you say if you send him to the Jets, you're getting a quarterback in return as well. Maybe obviously Sam Darnold's not up to the standards and capabilities of uh, Deshaun Watson, but you're probably getting this year's first, probably getting two more, another first, or maybe two more first, a second. You're getting hefty returns. So I don't know. I guess I just look at I'm looking at it as you know player to player. Like they're both asking for a release to you know new scenery and one guy. You know you kind of you up, you want up it versus just releasing them. You I mean just you know letting him go to a different team, like trading him or whatever, you literally release him and that's money on your books. Like, again, like, it's just like, they're what, what are they really doing? Like is money on your books. You're letting the guy go. You really have no, no vision for the future. Um, that's just kind of how I'm seeing it. But like I said, I, overall, I have understood, you know, what people are saying, like, you know, just, you know, kind of giving that service to JJ Watt, letting him kind of decide where he wants to go. It's giving everything to the city and all that. But, I just, yeah, no. I guess I believe in in fairness in a league that there's no fairness, which obviously I have to realize. So it's a business, exactly, it's a business. You know, like I said, business wise, they still. I guess that what made me mad is like the fact that you know they didn't try to really seek a trade out because they just want to allow him to kind of go where he wants to go and sign. Um, but you know, now he's going to be the number one. You know, uh, him putting in the work for the organization, staying, mm-hmm. you know, sticking around for all those tough times. Uh, this is a a good gesture. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I guess like if it, if it's a business, it gotta be a business, in my opinion. Like you can't be like, okay, yeah, good gesture. And then like on one hand for another play, like, oh, it's business. It, my business is business. Like you gotta you gotta be about your business about JJ Watt as well. You could have, like I said, it might not have been the greatest return because he's on the decline and he has a lot of money on the books, but you would have got something in return and you're in rebuild mode. Like you can't just be affording to give up star players for nothing and have that money on your books for know the next year or two so as i said kind of how i'm looking at it but like i said i see both sides for sure um but 
who knows? Um, it's actually the next thing. Like Watson, it, I think the same time you know as JJ was being released, there was a few rumblings that he has preferred destinations and trades. And I think he said the Broncos and the 49ers intrigue him. Um, so I guess something or nothing. What do you think about that? Him actually thinking those two teams or kind of picking those two teams, like saying like he wouldn't mind going there. Both good spots. Uh, one for the 49ers because of Shanahan, the West Coast system. Uh, Fitz quarterbacks, and like I said, MVP type seasons have came from this system. But let's let me finish uh, going to the Broncos. You know, a lot of young weapons. They got Judy Sutton. They got Hamler, two running backs, shaky offensive line, but they're okay. They got Chubb. Mm-hmm. They got a, a couple of pieces on defense. But my question is, you know, you want to go to these teams because they have these pieces. But I'm pretty sure the Texans are going to take draft capital and a piece. Mm-hmm. A young piece from one of these teams. So yeah. Go to the Bron. I mean, 49ers, I don't know what they really take. I know they're not getting Bosa, but they might try to take <laughs> Armstead or maybe Warner. I don't think they get I don't know, because those are dogs. But like you go to the Broncos, do you take Sutton or do you take Judy or do you take Noah Fant? Uh it's kind of tough, but it's something I think he's looking at the he's he's ready to get out of Houston. He's not even looking forward to the Stuff, whatever they have going on, <laughs> trying to look at the new teams and the teams that would fit him. And uh, I like these two destinations. He would turn these two teams, the 49ers, we've already talked about this, I think, but they'd be an instant contender and the Broncos would be become winners. And that would definitely become maybe one of the best quarterback divisions in history when it's all said and done with Herbert, Mahomes, and Watson. But it's something. It's something. He's definitely trying to get out there, even if the Texans don't want to trade him. But he's definitely – he has his sights on other teams in the future with other organizations. Yeah, that's all I'm about to say. I, I'm going to go something because, obviously, like – I'm going to go something to the part that, obviously, he's saying is, okay, you, you would go to these teams. But I'm also going to say nothing at the same time because I feel like he doesn't want – like you just said, he went out, period. So I, I know there's obviously teams that he would prefer to go to, but maybe – in a sense, he's gonna be happy wherever you go. Like yeah. even even the Jets, like because it, it was two weeks ago he was talking about um, talking about them. So just in general, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm saying it's gonna be nothing because I know he wants out just in general. But it to me, it's something that he those two teams intrigue him. Like you said, the Broncos do have like some some young young promising talent, especially at the receiver uh, in the receiving core with Hamler, uh, Judy, and Sutton. Um, in the backfield they got Melvin and. Um, forgot other buddy's name but yeah Lindsay, my fault yeah so they got they got some offensive weapons on that side of the ball and their defense isn't that that bad um obviously they'll get von miller back you know he's a year older but you know he should be healthy coming in you got chubb got a bunch of guys on that side of the ball they did just which we're about to talk about as well they did just uh release your boy aj but you know he's old yeah i was about to say i think they can they can replace him in the draft but um 49ers i think that'd be an instant hit that'd be Crazy to see him there, I, I think, as as well. Got a strong defense to back him, just like I said, with Matt Stafford. Um, has some pretty capable offensive weapons as well. They're running back. They just turn out running backs. They maybe add another receiver to that core, and I think they, they should be a, a solid a solid team um, with Watson at the head. But something because, you know, those two teams intrigued him in general, but nothing because I think he just goes out and he just wants – he'll be happy, honestly, wherever he's at, as long as it's you – know, exactly. And then – um. Told you I added it before we got on, but had to throw it in here. Um, news that happened late last night, but um, you know your guy, uh, Urban Meyer, or my used to be my guy, but you know your new head guy with the with the Jaguars, Urban Meyer, not uh, sitting well with a few guys because of you know 
him you know, helping to appoint Chris Doyle. Um, and we kind of know his history and everything what, what going on with him and his career and in his life. Um, basically appointing him, you know, in the Jaguar organization, but he just resigned last night. Um, so something or nothing is this a obviously a, it, this isn't the greatest look on Urban Meyer, but what, what does this do for him in I guess his first season as a Jaguars head coach? And uh, why do you think he even thought to even make this? I don't know if it's something or nothing. Uh, if he didn't resign, it would have became just, something. Yeah, it it's not the best. It's not the best look. From what I read, I remember when he got fired. It was in the spring, I think, around yeah, the spring, mm-hmm. early summer. But from what I read, he bullied players. He was racist and he bullied players. So that's just not the best look. For one, you're not bullying grown men. It's a little different with the college guys are in scholarship. Like you're paying mm-hmm. for their education, so they kind of have to. Listen to you. The guys in the league, they have to listen to you, but they'll they won't take a second to go off on. None of that's gonna fly. But it's uh, I'm glad it happened. I'm glad he resigned. It wasn't a good look for the team. I don't know how the players are gonna respond to it. It wasn't even really 24 hours or 48 hours. So um, it was definitely gonna be something, but it's nothing. It's uh, they're gonna brush it brush it under the rug. But if it went on, it was definitely gonna be questioned because I don't like to make subjects about race, but Mm -hmm. what black coach would get fired for being racist. What black coach have you heard about being racist, but what black coach would you know that was being racist and did stuff like that? Bully players. uh, It was even considered to be rehired somewhere else. Yeah. Would he even be considered anywhere? Like a guy that abused players verbally. I don't know how. It would probably be over with. Yeah. Career would be over. You wouldn't, maybe he'd get a job at HBCU, but the NFL, (laughs) no. It's not really fair, but I'm glad they didn't let it get to this point. So it's nothing. Yeah, I think uh, definitely it'll eventually it'll be nothing, you know, within the next week, week and a half, though. Because they kind of fall by the wayside. Whatever other news, probably NFL free agency and stuff is going to, you know, be more prominent coming to the folds. But for these last two days, at least, it definitely was something. Um, Just for the points that we just said, like for him to even be considered um, in a way a promotion to, you know, because he's making that move to – to the uh, big leagues in the NFL, but like I said, just obviously not a great, not the greatest look on Urban Meyer. Um, you know, and it's not even, not even the first season yet. Like they're just about to start. Um, you know, doing I guess all the things they need to do in the front office to to make this Jaguars team a contender. But to to hire a guy that you know, like I said, we we know his past, we know his history, we know what he's done, and to even, and not even that long ago, and to be reconsidered and hired, um, and appointed into the position he was. Um, and then kind of only resign because, you know, of the pressure, the pressures and, you know, the, the media attention it was about to get probably, like, there was no media attention on it. He probably would still be, you know, mm-hmm. hired in the position he is now, but obviously, like you said, he didn't want to, I guess, take away the, the attention and everything that they're trying to do and build in, uh, you know, in Jacksonville, but all no, in all, yeah, I don't know. I just think it, it's kind of tasteless and, uh, looks bad on Urban Meyer. And I know a few guys in the off the ball, uh, group was actually talking about Urban Meyer, like, you know, just this track at Florida, like all the guys, you know, that that was on that team. Um, like, it's just, I, I don't know what they specifically call it. I know they have a name for it, but kind of like the killer squad, like obviously Hernandez. Um, the Bouncy Brothers, brothers were on there. Yep. told me about that down exactly. in Lakeland. Yep, Bouncy Brothers. I think Janoria Jenkins was part of that that group as well. It was, it's a, it was a lot of guys on that team that either ended up in jail or are still in jail, um, yeah. just has some type of bad past history. But um, I think 
somebody said, I think Cruz said it, but he was saying like, he, he's really not in, in the business or was never in the business, I guess, in uh, building leaders and, and shaping young men's lives kind of to, you know, put them on the right track and just have an influence on them. It's kind of like he brought in guys that, you know, was going to, like, honestly, I guess just win them championships and, and get them to a place of prominence versus kind of like being, being that head of household leader. Cause you know, not to make, you just said not to make thing a race thing, but you know, a lot of these guys that there's some, not a lot of these guys, but there are some guys that kind of like, you know, that do get these opportunities that come from areas that aren't the greatest. And like, this is their way out in a sense. Um, but you know, we, we know kind of like, you know, it's not always easy to separate, you know, where you come from, where you live, what things you may be involved in have gone through, um, to when you get to that next level in certain, in certain cases, it it heightens up. Like you're kind of on your own, you're by yourself. You're, you're in a new, totally area to in a new, totally different area. And you're seeing a bunch of stuff that you probably ain't never seen before. Um, so, you know, I, I, I can kind of see what they're saying that and attest to that. Like maybe he's not the greatest leader of men or building of men. Like he, he doesn't, but I guess the NFL is different. Like that type of stuff is not going to fly in general, but co- on the college level, like you sometimes do need to have some coaches that are able to build, you know, build young men and, and have an effect on their life and, and steer them in the right direction. Um, but like I said, NFL college ball is a little bit different. So maybe that won't be uh, too much of a problem on the next level for him. But again, this was something in the short time that it was something. Um, and then, of course, Carson Wentz. So we're going to hit on a few guys. The last few, just a little quick something, nothing. But just hit on guys that we're expected to, you know, are being released, have already been kind of told that they're, they're on the trading block um, or, you know, are looking for new homes. So I know we kind of talked about Carson Wentz already. We already think he going to, he's already going to the Colts. Um, but I guess so, something or nothing, um, I guess if he goes to Chicago, because we haven't talked about that. Uh, that's something just regarding him getting traded. Uh- he wants out. He hasn't spoken about it, which means he wants out. He's being quiet, which is kind of his silence. He's not mm-hmm. really being silent. Uh, the organization's got the memo that he wants out, and they said he should be – last week they said he should be trading in the in this – he should have been traded by this week. This so week, yeah. it's definitely something. Uh, he's out of there. It's either Chicago or Indy, and if he went anywhere else, it would surprise me. So it's something, and Carson Wentz won't be an eagle anymore. Yeah, and I, You know, I'm rooting for him. I'm a believer in him, so I think a fresh start will do him well. I think he is. I think he is a solid quarterback, and I think if you, like I said, if he's if, as long as he stays healthy, and you surround him with talent that is healthy too, because like I said earlier, that Eagles squad for some reason they just never healthy. Um, I think he will flourish for sure, and just a change of scenery, a new head coach. I already said Wright has done great things with them, so I think we all ultimately think he's going to the Colts, but Chicago could be a destination as well. Um, but yeah, definitely something just in in general that he's being traded. I. I you know, hope for the best for wherever he goes. But I think wherever he does go, he will, he will, you know, produce and he will shine, honestly. So I think it's just an upgrade in general for him. I should think he should be happy, to be honest. And I'm sure he is. Um, Patrick Peterson, they, uh, long-time Cardinals, they released him as well. I guess it's not really much of a something and nothing, but where do you, I guess the something nothing is kind of like, where do you think he goes? Where do you think, what teams do you think fit him best? I haven't really looked too much into this. He's an old corner. You know, not what he once was. So I don't know what he really. I know I don't. I don't watch the Cardinals as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what he really has in the tank. But I would have to. It it would be tough. I would have to look into this. I'm trying to think of teams that are really, really cornerback needy. You know, like the Jaguars. We wouldn't mind having a free agent acquisition. <laughs> we got yeah. CJ and um, Trey Herndon in the slot. And I do. We'll get in the draft talk. But I think we might take Chase Horn in the first mm-hmm. round if he falls to us. But uh. I'm going to pass on this one. I don't really know. I would say that for me, 
the main team, maybe the maybe the Titans to add some help. Like I said, Adore, mm-hmm. uh, Christian Fulton haven't played the best. And the Vikings, ever since uh, Xavier Rhodes uh, had that breakout season, when they let him go, mm-hmm. they're struggling with those two young guys and uh, Mike Hughes and um, what's his last name? Uh, I can't say it, but he's from Mississippi State. Cam Dance mm-hmm. or something like that. I can't mm-hmm. say it. But uh, for, you know, just off the top, I would go with those two teams, the Vikings and the Titans, because mm-hmm. I know those are two cornerback needy teams, especially with the young corners that have struggled of late. What about you? But yeah. it's – Really nothing. I don't think he'll make a big impact on whatever team he goes to, but I'm interested to see what he has left in the tank because I don't know what he has in the tank. So I um I don't know. There's a few destinations we're talking about. I personally I'd say I, I you know, maybe Seattle because obviously you want to go to a contender or a team that's you know has some type of you know solid foundation and base. I think he wants to go to a winning organization. So I don't know. I would it'd be cool to see him in Seattle. Um the two teams that you said it would be interesting as well. Um, you know, maybe Minnesota. Um, what other teams that we uh, we already said the Titans? I was say, what other teams are real quarterback needy? Um, cornerback needy. I think some people I say you might make a move to the safety as well. I don't even know if you get slower. That's the best. I think that's the best bet in a way. Conda playing the box. Good. Yeah. So I, I I honestly think I, for some reason Seattle is screaming to me. I know it's in division, but they are a solid team, solid foundation. They can definitely use another corner. We already talked about that. So. I don't know. For some reason, Seattle is, is popping out in my head, my mind. It might not even be anything of, of talk or news. Like, they may not even be looking at him. But I feel like he should go there, in, in my opinion. But, you know, there's a lot of teams that could use a, a veteran presence like him, whether it's at corner or safety. So I think you'll have some um, some suitors early uh, for him. And then, like I just said, your guy, A.J. Bouye, um, once was a Jaguar, no longer a Jaguar or Bronco. So – who do you think? Okay, I guess you use his needs. Obviously, another team that's a cornerback needy. But uh, what do you even think of him as a player? Because I know you got to see him a little bit up close. Um, and I know you say he's getting a little old. But do you think he'll have an impact wherever he goes? Uh, as of right now, he was towards the end. Like, when we traded him, I wasn't upset. I was more upset about Calais and letting mm-hmm. it go. But uh, he was on the way down. You know, he was declining. Um, I wasn't surprised he got released by the Broncos. He was hurt a little bit. So, you know, I'm wishing the best for him. He played well in his couple of years for us, but I don't think he has too much left in the tank, so I don't think he will contribute to whatever organization he goes to. And he's he's just older, but, you know, like I said, I wish the best. I don't wish failure on anybody, but he's he's uh, declining, and it's not looking too great But because Denver doesn't have lockdown corners, so if they release you, that means they didn't think you could really benefit them. <laughs> but I'm I'm hoping for the best. I don't. Yeah. I don't think he'll contribute, though. That's my final answer. Just a quarterback, cornerback needy team for me. Like I said, I, probably just one of the teams that we've named already. But you know, shit, maybe even Atlanta. We'll, we'll take some help. I know we're looking for another corner as well. I, I don't know how much he can bring to the table, but I do know we need a, another corner opposite of AJ Terrell. We still have that spot open, so who knows? Maybe on a, a nice little cheap contract because I don't think we're bringing back Denard or anybody. So. All right, something or nothing. Tom Brady was drunk. A lot of people made this a big deal. I mean, I don't kind of – what do you mean? Like, well, all right, let me just go what I think it means. It's nothing. <laughs> uh, you know, people may be making a big deal because he got drunk, but this this man, he won his seventh Super Bowl, go uh, first team to win it in the home stadium, check. Uh, you know, Bella check. Other people doubted him, check. You know, prove all the doubters wrong. It's time to celebrate, let back, like – 
Like this parade was the moment of reflection. I'm the shit, you know, we reflection mm-hmm. on the championship, but yeah, I did everything everybody said I couldn't do. So he, you know, he kicked back, relaxed, he even had the kids around. Kids saw exactly. uh, Pops are drunk for the first time. <laughs> so it's nothing, man. It's just showing that Tom Brady's human. I'm pretty sure he's got drunk many other times, but people just haven't seen that side of him. And he just exactly. he kicked back. He won a ring. That's when everybody kicks back, you know. Yeah. During the season, that's when everybody's serious the whole time. You know, it's time to focus on one goal to ring, but he accomplished the goal. What is there to, you know? People like Tom Brady, they take two or three weeks off after the season to just relax, celebrate, and, you know, these are one of the days. So it's nothing. He's a regular person. Yeah, same here. He actually looked like, you know, he had fun in this type, in this celebration. It wasn't the, you know, the Belichick New England way um, of celebrating. Um, and I think it's nothing as well. I know if you, I guess kind of compare, like, you know, just the way I guess he's supposed to kick off, the way he used to carry himself, you know, in New England, like, you know, how you're supposed to, I know, I guess have fun, but, you know, still be, you know, presentable, I guess, in, in public eye, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, him throwing the trophy and all that. But I think it, it was cool to see. I actually made me, it may have made me like him uh, just to see him, just, you know, like I say, in a normal light, you look like he was having fun. Everybody was around celebrating, throwing the trophy. Looked like he had to get escorted out, you know. Said it, it was nothing, whatever you know. He had the drunk, but he let, like you just say, he let loose. He's won seven champion. Like who can who can say that? Went to his tenth Super Bowl, won his seventh ring. Um, did it with his guys. Proved a lot of the doubters wrong. A lot of people still saying he's gonna fall off a cliff soon, but he still looks good as ever. So I mean, I think it was nothing. I think it was cool to see him celebrate. Like I said, it made me. It may have made me like him a little bit more, honestly. So mm-hmm. it's uh cool, cool, cool to see him have fun and let loose for sure. Um, there's not really a something or nothing, but just in general, it was, it was crazy. I don't know if you saw or read the story. I did. He's genius, man. That's what I was thinking. I was like, what? Why I, I never thought about it. But basically, yeah, I know Tom Brady's covering it, but of course, some guy took a picture with him. They said that, uh, you know, he, he bet that there was going to be a streaker. One of his friends kind of like, um, was what the decoy for the, for security guards. And then he, he ran out onto the field or whatever. Um, he, he obviously took, took the bet that there was going to be a streaker. Only it was a thousand dollars bail. I was like, "What?" And then, what he won? What three hundred seventy-five k, something like that. I don't even remember. Yeah, that's but, what it was. Yeah, I was like, "That's great. That's genius, though." Like overall, what, what did you think about it? Uh, genius, like you said. You would think the bail would be a little more for him doing that. Exactly. That's all I was thinking. During the pandemic, too. If he, yeah. I mean, he had mask on, not over his nose, but yeah, I guess, but. This man's genius. Uh, he thought it all the way through. I just thought like there would be. I don't bet like that. Like I do small bets, but I would just mm-hmm. think if you bet and won that amount of money, if you did something illegal like that, like you placed the bet on somebody streaking, and you were the person to streak that they could forego the bet. But obviously, yeah. that's not the case. But hey, he's a genius, and he's walking away with money. Like I don't. No, let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> I was about to say maybe like if I now that I know like I would do something like that, but I'm good. I was about to say, I, I think I was just about to say, I, I would, I would think I would, I would do it. I swear to God, I, I think I would, but obviously now, prefer that. yeah, that's crazy. But obviously now I think they're going to um put some, yeah. like you just said, honestly, put some type of guideline restriction on it. Like, all right, if you, if they see that you place the bet or whatever, find out that you place the bet. Like if they can do that, I'm pretty sure they can, but if they found out that you, that you placed the bet and you're the one that did it, they can forego the bet. I'm sure like something like that is probably in the works or will happen next year. Um, if this was to come up, but overall, just G came up $374 richer. That's crazy. Um, but on the last thing, one last thing we're gonna hit on, we could probably make it real quick, but you know, just say yay or nay, kind of like if we think these guys should have won their NFL awards, 
course, we got Aaron Rodgers MVP. Um, yep. almost four hundred. Yeah, four thousand three hundred yards, forty-eight TDs, five interceptions. I think the third highest QB rate was eighty-four point four in history. Um, obviously, it was first in, in the league this year, but. I guess, yay or nay, you think he deserved or should have won the MVP, or is there anybody else that should have challenged him? Uh, this one I'm going to add on just a little bit, but I'll say mm-hmm. yes. Uh, you know, before the season, they drafted a quarterback. There were people doubting him, and then in the organization, like on shows Get Up First Take, they were saying that Aaron Rodgers would be traded within the next two years. Mm-hmm. So that all added fuel to the fire and added to the story, so he definitely deserved MVP 100%. They drafted a quarterback to replace you in the first round. Like, what more, you know? Yeah, and then you come out and just ball out. No, yep. uh, I don't even know what the ratio is, but it's, not, it's definitely not a four to one. It's better than a four to one ratio. Uh, these interceptions, yeah. Um, and like you said, bringing bringing your replacement, but you, you you ball out and basically make them reconsider everything. I guess they they had in the plans, right in the work. So definitely deserved it. I don't think I I knew he was going to get down up there. You know, I know some people were talking about Josh Allen, mm-hmm. um, maybe Pat Mahomes for a little bit, but he definitely. Um, next we got Officer Player of the Year, Derrick Henry. 2,027 yards, 17 TDs, 378 attempts, and 5.4 yards to the ground average. Yay or nay, he deserves it. Yeah, kind of hard to go against that. I know Stephon Diggs had a crazy season with like over 100 catches and 1,600 yards, but 2,000 yards is a rusher. That's not done too often, so you got to go with that. Not much to add, exactly what I was thinking. Um, Derrick Henry definitely deserved this one. Um, Aaron Donald, defensive player of the year. I know this one was kind of a little bit of a controversy, um, but overall, I think most people agree with this one. But 13 point, 13 and a half sacks, 27 solos, 45 total, and four forced fumbles. Yay, yeah, yeah, yeah. For this one, I'm going to add a little bit again. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to go yay. I know there was controversy with TJ Watt, but it's a little different when you're doing it from the interior, from the outside. He's getting double team and triple team every single play. Uh, TJ Watt has some a little better numbers in some categories, most categories, but. If you play football, you know it's harder to do that from the interior position than it is from the outside. Like Aaron Donald's playing nose or three tech, so it's harder to do. So I'm gonna go with yay. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna go yay as well. I can I see a little bit of argument. I guess TJ, um, we did have a a stellar year, but like you just said, it's definitely different putting up these type of numbers. Almost 14 sacks from the interior. That's crazy. Um, and like you said, seeing triple triple team being triple team at times like that, that's obviously no slash. Like how many. How many guys in the league are getting triple team? Um, he's probably one of maybe two, if, but more than likely the only guy. So uh, I definitely could see, you know, yay and see why, you know, he would get, or was he, the, he became the third player to win it three times. So mm-hmm. solid. Um, and I know this was another controversial one. Officer player of the year, Justin Herbert, 4,336 yards, 31 TDs, 10 interceptions. Um, QB rating, I believe, is covered, but I think it was 69.5. Yeah, or nay, he deserves it. This is controversial, but I think you know what my answer is going to be. I'm going with yay. Uh, Justin Jefferson had a crazy year. Don't know how many catches he had, but he had 1,400 yards. He broke Randy Moss's record, but quarterback is the most vital position. Herbert, he his first ever start was against Mahomes, and he figured out he was starting five minutes before, and he balled out, and he just turned that into – he did the same thing every week. Uh, he had – there were weeks where Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were hurt, and he did the same things with other guys. So mm-hmm. he's making his other – his the players around him better, and that's all you can ask for. And his his future is very bright. I can see him turning into a top 10 quarterback as soon as next year, and top five we'll see how that goes because it's a lot of a lot of talented guys out there. But he definitely earned it, and he's playing quarterback. He he balled out. He's, mm-hmm. he's a guy to watch in the future. 
most definitely. Like you said, typically the quarterbacks do get the nod in these type of situations. Um, he, he did have, you know, he did come onto the scene and had some really strong games and really great performances. Some in losses, some in wins. I can see the argument for Jefferson for sure. Um, like I said, breaking Randy Moss's record, he had another. He had a breakout year as well. He had a uh, a lot of you know clutch catches, clutch moments. Um, but typically, like you just said, quarterbacks get the nod in this one. Um, Justin Jefferson. I, I mean, he made you know Pro Bowl, even though they didn't play, but he made the Pro Bowl in his first season as a rookie. So I mean, maybe that's a little bit of a consolation prize. I know he won yeah. that. Maybe that uh, Officer Rookie of the Year. Um, you know, monument as well. But you know, I think he. Maybe it's just fluid to the fire for him. He'll, he'll come back ready next year. You can put on a, even a better performance than what he did this uh, this year in his rookie campaign. Defensive player of the year. I think this one was kind of unanimous. I don't think anybody has a name for this one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we got to spend too much time on this one. I'll just say, I'll just read out his stats. Seven and a half sacks, 32 solos, 42 total. Uh, I think he had four forced four, four fumbles as well. So, yeah. And yeah. touchdown. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot. And, a, and a, yep, I forgot. And a, a recovery for it's getting covered a little bit again. But um, I think comeback player of the year, Alex Smith. Um, obviously went breaking the leg, had a lot of tissue taken out, broke his fibula and tibula, seventeen surgeries, almost had his leg amputated. Led Washington football team to the playoffs and a five and one record when he was um the starter. So yeah, or nay, he deserves. It. I think this yeah. was and yeah, unanimous as well. Yeah, Nothing nice. to really talk about this. So some people wouldn't would have just gave up on the career. They would have had the surgeries. And of course. Like, I'm going to just get healthy and play with my kids. But this guy was like, I'm going to get healthy and go out there and try to play again. Yeah, uh, This is probably the last time he takes an NFL snap mm-hmm. start as a starter for sure. But, yeah, you know, kudos to him. The courage he, he had to uh, do this is crazy. So yeah. Alex. Just show the love of the game. And I guess the, the, the heart of, you know, him as just an individual and as a player. I say probably definitely not starter. We did see mobility issues, obviously. Um, he's not going to be the same type of player. He used to be able to, you know, get out and extend, but more than likely not going to be able to do that anymore. So, like you said, more than likely back up, maybe better in a um, role somewhere in the league. And coach of the year, um, Steve, or Kevin, Kevin Stefanski, my fault, led the Browns, obviously, to 11-5 record in their first playoff appearance since 2000. Uh, for me, yay. The only other person, I don't know who yours would be, but I would go Sean McDermott. Uh, mm-hmm. Buffalo went to the playoffs the year before, but they had a, they just look more dominant this year. Uh, yeah. Crazy turnaround. But, you know, Kevin Stefanski, Browns, first time going to the playoffs since when? Again, 2000, early 2000s. But, mm-hmm. you know, just he had some questions coming in. He had completely established the culture. Uh, mm-hmm. He you know, he's a young guy. A lot of guys question him, but he has total command of this franchise for the most part. Uh, he knows what, how to run the scheme, how to utilize his players, obviously, on the offensive side of the ball. And he's a young mind. So I think they got that. The Browns got their guy and he definitely deserved this. Nice turnaround and nice, nice playoff win. And even though they lost to the Chiefs, like I said before, they were very competitive. So kudos to the Browns and Kevin. Yeah. Um I think I think I would go with them as well, just because we did we both did say the Browns kind of overachieved a little bit, or at least I did say the Browns mm-hmm. kind of overachieved a little bit. Um, and for them to get to the playoffs and win a playoff game against a, a division rival, and convincingly against the Steelers, um, and then and be in the game with the Kansas City Chiefs as well. Um, you know, I know he didn't coach what the first one, um, the first you know playoff game, but regardless, mm-hmm. or wasn't there at least on the sideline. But regardless, you know, he. he Gave them the blueprint and led this team, like I said, to 11-5 big 11-5 record, and that's no small feat at all, especially in a in a division so heavily stouted as theirs. 
Um, other than that, like you said, Sean McDermott definitely could have could have been a candidate. Um, it was a Washington football fan. Shout out to you, Cruz. But I think he he said, uh, you know, just everything I guess that Ron Rivera had to go through. Obviously, beating cancer, fighting or fighting cancer, beating cancer, going through so many quarterback changes, including one of Alex Smith, and still being able to get the football uh, team to the playoffs. So. Um, obviously they don't really give consolation prizes. They're not thinking about all the outside, um, all the outside, you know, effects that may have gone, gone into the game. Um, so I can see it for sure. Um, I don't know if he did win some other type of smaller award, but you know, shout out to Ron Rivera for sure. And, and congrats on being, um, so, all right. That, uh, I don't know if we'll ever go two hours again, but of course it's the NFL, it's the NFL, you know, wrap up little season or wrap up season. So, Definitely had a lot to talk about, a lot to get to. So last thing um, that we're going to hit on, obviously I put like a little collage together. You can't see all of them, but just some of the the crazy moments of the year, some of the, the good things that happened, the bad things that happened, the funny things that happened um, throughout the entire year. So I know we'll just hit on and talk about, you know, our favorite moments. Obviously I got he denied pooping, but, you know, Lamar's poop game where he went to the locker room, came back out, threw a TD, led his team to a very, very clutch victory um, that they – definitely needed in order to put themselves back in the playoff race, or I think submit themselves into, you know, the playoffs. Derrick Henry throwing Josh Norman, uh, Kendall Hinton, Kendall Hinton being the first quarterback to post a 0.0 QBR rating. CD Lamb snatching his phone back. Tom Brady being confused, uh, whether it was fourth down, Sarah Thomas being the first female ref to ref the Super Bowl. Ron Vera beating cancer, like I just said. And the picture that's covered by Tom Brady is a, uh, the one thing that some of us probably forget now it is the end of the season that, you know, the initiative coming into the season was to push the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, equality and justice for all. So just the, the decals and everything on the back of everybody's helmet. Some of the good and, and, you know, great moments of NFL season. But like I said, that I'll let you hit on your favorite moment or favorite play or favorite game throughout the entire season. Um, just to, since it's the last episode, I'm going to pick two. My first moment was the Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, crazy. I can – I, I know this feeling as a quarterback, you know, you sometimes you had that guy that you just trust over anybody. And uh, Kyler was just like, you know, game on the line, D-hop down. The, what did he post? I think he was like D-hop down there. Uh, F it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's my favorite moment. Him mossing three guys with the game on the line. That's something maybe only D-hop would do. And for me, it wasn't even – it was before the season started, but I'm going to go with the – you know, shout out to – Rob, let me get to the serious stuff first. Shout out to Ron Rivera beating cancer, uh, the female being one of the first female referees. And, you know, uh, shout out to the NFL for honoring social injustice and some of the ways they did a little bit. I feel like they could have did better, but they did a little something. But mm-hmm. my second favorite moment is the C.D. Lamb uh, moment with his girl trying to snatch the phone on draft day. Uh, yeah. Basically being in his business, trying to answer the, the Cowboys phone call. And mm-hmm. she's already feeling like she's entitled to his. You know, major business, and he yeah. had to let her know early on draft day. Sad the cameras had to be around, but that was a funny <laughs> moment. And I know there's many other uh, young athletes that would do the same with their girl. I don't even know how long she if she's still around, but uh, her grabbing the phone to him, putting her in check early is what what everybody needed to see on draft day. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny. I think it, it might be, it may have been at the NFL where the things. Uh, Steve Harvey uh, pointed out and said something about that too. He said that was the most, that was the most clutch catch of the year. Um, but yeah, that definitely was a funny moment. The other funny moment too, I didn't put it in the picture, but uh, I forgot what, I think it was Isaiah um, that got taken, but I remember, you know, his girlfriend was hugging him and his mom had to snatch her, snatch her off. 
mm-hmm. that was the other funny moment. There was a few other funny moments in the draft, but those, those two were the top ones. Um, but yeah, my favorite favorite ones, of course, the Diop catch, crazy. Um, and just like the the branding around it as well. You know, one guy had Adidas gloves on, one guy had a. I forgot what uh, somebody else had a different pair of gloves on. I think somebody else had Nike ones on, and then Diop had the Jordan ones. So they were saying that's a, it's a perfect, you know, little brand commercial or billboard or whatever. And then the other one, it's not funny. We, I know we gave our kudos to him when, when he uh, did go out there and play because it was so such short notice. And I'm just realizing this was the other game that they didn't push it back, um, even though there was a lot of COVID cases going around. Drew Lock being one of the guys, or the whole quarterback room for the Broncos mm-hmm. being out, but. Kudos, you know, to, to Kendall going out there and just trying to give it his all. You know, first quarterback to post a zero QBR rating, but, you know, on literally like two days before the game, you know, being notified, you know, you're going to be the starting quarterback. You know, going out there and doing what you can to put, put your team in position to win. Can't really ask more of them. Um, so those are probably my two favorite moment, favorite moments. Um, just, you know, just crazy moment in general uh, for the Broncos. But. Definitely had to put this Derrick Henry photo up because, you know, it's it was crazy to see it live, but every picture that you see of it with Norman just, like, lateral in the air like that, that's ridiculous. Like, it's a grown man that works out to, exactly. to stop him, and he just tossed him around. Like like nothing. Like, literally threw him to the side like a, a paper towel. Crazy. But, yeah, man, like I said, don't know when we'll ever do another two-hour episode, but it was the NFL season, NFL season wrap-up. Definitely had to hit on everything that happened in this crazy, unorthodox year. Um, a lot of good, a lot of bad, a lot of funny, a lot of um, just craziness in general. But glad I can, glad we both can, you know, share in it, talk about it. And like I said in the beginning of the show, that we was even able to see a conclusion to this NFL season. So, again, appreciate you, Thad, for, you know, for hopping on. Any last words, you know, before we head off today? Uh, no, not really. Long NFL season. Glad we, glad we got through it. Shout out to Roger Goodell again. Like I said in previous episodes, looking forward to the offseason, uh, the NFL draft, to see who my Jaguars pick up in free agency. I don't know if y'all saw, didn't see uh, QB1's uh, pro day, but y'all need to go check it out. Flawless, he dropped some downs. Mm-hmm. And looking forward to him leading the franchise. So, you know, next time you talk to us, we'll be closer to the draft. I don't know when we're going to talk about the NFL again, but looking forward to it. A uh, very exciting offseason because we do not know who's going to be drafted. So. Just yeah. looking forward to it. Already looking forward to the next season. Say so definitely a good good way to close this year's out with this show. This year's season out with this show, but also definitely looking forward to these, these upcoming shows. Whether it's you know free agency, the draft, all those good things. Because I know there's going to be a lot of movement, a lot of surprise picks, and you know we're just going to be in for another crazy season next year. Um, but thanks everybody for tuning in, for watching. Like I said, it was a pretty long episode, um, but. You know, hopefully you got something out of it. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, you already know where to find us. Find the replay of this ad, what the game means to me on Facebook, on Twitter at WTG MTM Podcast, and then on Instagram at what the game means as well. Appreciate the people on Off the Ball Network, um, you know, for rocking with us, retweeting our stuff, and uh, we're going to continue to grow and get better at this thing. So, uh, like I said, appreciate everybody for tuning in and hope everybody has a good night.